Hello, fellow Star Wars fans. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by Ben for Outer Rim Transmission. This is episode 105, and it is Revenge of the Fifth. We celebrated May the 4th yesterday, and we are coming back with a vengeance uh, tonight. To be thematic for today's date, we are talking about our favorite Sith characters in Star Wars and just catching up in general. Uh, so, of course, speaking of May the 4th, how was your May the 4th, Ben? Um, mine was pretty good, actually. So, um, this kind of, like, dials into my week in Star Wars just because, like, it it was, like, the biggest highlight, Star Wars highlight for me this week. And, um, anyways, we had some relatives here. And, uh, long story short, we were at my grandparents. And, you know, I like I was messaging in our group chat earlier today, I, like, every now and then at my grandparents will watch the original Star Wars trilogy, but... We watched the original versions pre-1997 release. So, like, they're the actual original cuts of the movies from 77, 80, and 83 because they're VHS tape copies that my grandma had, like, recorded, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, whenever VHS tape started. I mean, I don't know the history of VHS, but anyways, it's like, you know, so they're the original tapes. So, like, yesterday when we were there... We just had, like, those on in the background. And, you know, like I was saying, we only watch those probably twice a year at max because, you know, with tapes, with the old VHS tapes, like, uh, you know, it's just kind of like a, a a coin flip. Like, if you put it in the VHS player, it might just eat the tape one of these times. So, you know, it's kind of scary, like, watching them because I'm like, oh, man, this is like a 30-year-old VHS tape, and I don't want to, like jack it up but it still played great um of course just seeing like the original cuts of the movie was awesome like you know han shooting first of course your classic things um you know the emperor and empire strikes back looking all jacked up and crazy how he looks um like in that movie and then of course just like you know the classic yub nub at the end of the endor um sequence versus the whole galaxy wide thing so so yeah i just i just really enjoy those versions so much as you know obviously so many star wars fans do but that was kind of how my may the fourth went i just you know revisited the original cuts of the movies and carefully um handled the vhs tapes because i was like oh man because i actually was kind of scared when we went to watch them too because last year when we were over there so so to like put a little context on the th on things back when vhs tapes were a thing like basically my my grandma like got really big into recording movies on VHS tapes and like she was so into movies and sci-fi movies and everything back then. Like she has all of her VHS tapes like numbered from like one up to whatever. And she had like a book where she hand wrote, you know, where it was kind of like family video where she had her own little like bookkeeping of movies and stuff. So, um, so, you know, we, we watched, uh, so anyways, so, so last summer though, the reason I uh, I bring that up is because I we went to go and watch Indiana Jones, and it was just it was just a newer copy of Raiders of the Lost Ark, newer being like late '90s. It wasn't like an original recorded like the Star Wars movies were, but it ate the tape last summer. Like we put it in, and it was like and like just shredded it. So like all I was thinking yesterday when it when I went to put in a New Hope, I was like, oh man, please please don't eat this tape <laughs> but but all three movies survived but it was a good time i i just i love doing that every year like we will usually watch those original movies around may the 4th or you know around christmas time throw them in just because like you know they're the old 
the old classic actual versions of Star Wars. Heck yeah. No, that that's a really cool tradition. And um yeah, I I don't remember the last time I actually played a VHS tape. It's been a long time. But it's yeah. it's uh something I thought about when we were setting up the new TV we got a couple months ago and it was like Hey, are we going to keep her? My dad's like, are we going to keep around the VHS player or something? Or he said, we're going to keep it around. I'm like thinking like, why the heck do we need that anymore? Like all the Star Wars movies I've been watching on Disney Plus, everything else I could play on disc is with my Xbox Series X. So it's like, I don't have yep. any use. But that is like the one exception. Like that's the only reason why you would ever have a VHS because that's not available to see anywhere else unless you want to, I guess, get like a pirated digital version or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. And my grandma, like, joked around. She was like, I don't want... She was like, well, I, I don't like all these tapes and these things, you know, taking up room. I said, I was like, hey, like, you can't go and throw away all this stuff. Like, you gotta... If I, I was like, if you're gonna get rid of, like, the VHS tapes or anything, like, you need to give them to me, at least the VHS player and the original Star Wars movies to me. Yeah. And she, like, joked and was like, hey, if I, if I ever croak, I, uh, you know, I'll inherit the uh, Star Wars movies from her. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's really rad that you were able to go through all three of them. Like that's that's a lot of time. That is like, six, yeah, that's, we were that's a ton of time. Yeah, we were over there all day, and and it's 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 so nice too. Like it's so surprising. Like those being like thirty year old copies like that. Like they still play fine. Like you know, obviously it's not like your four K quality, but it's still plays fine like it, there's nothing wrong with it it's not like scratchy or anything weird it just plays well and it's like it's a good time just because you know i i that's like that a new hope tape like you know as we're like celebrating may the 4th and revenge of the 5th and everything like that a new hope copy was what got me into star wars before phantom menace like my first memory of star wars was when i was like probably you know around six years old because six when i when I saw Phantom Menace, I was six. So I my very first memory, though, of Star Wars was watching A New Hope with my grandma because she's into Star Wars. And, you know, the very my my earliest memory by far is like the Vader walking through Leia's ship scene, like in that opening sequence and and like and in the Tanta four. And like, that's my like earliest memory of Star Wars, because it's like. You know, it just like left such a big imprint and, you know, look, here I am now 20, it'll be 24 years later this September when I turned 30, 24 years later, I'm sitting here doing a Star Wars podcast because of like my grandma showing me that one VHS tape and, you know, it's cool like going back and revisiting that VHS tape that got me into all of this. Oh yeah, I, that, I remember them. I, I, I could see them from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, it's special editions, the regular ones, but yep. yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, return of we'll the see Jedi. here yep, yep. well well yeah so like here's the cool thing about that my grandma actually has like a couple copies of the original cut so it's like the three individual vhs tapes and then she has like a a 10 hour tape that has all three movies on it so you know we can watch either wow yeah that's that that's pretty cool having <laughs> the kind of flexibility you know because i am we are spoiled by the simplicities of just getting out of your chair to like change to the next movie rather than Disney Plus. You just, all right, Empire's going on now. Return of the Jedi's yep. going on now. 
Um, speaking of which, I am a little bit bummed. I looked for tickets today for tomorrow for, for going to see Return of the Jedi. And guess what? It's already out of theaters. Like, it just did the same thing. I guess it was literally a one-weekend thing. I thought it would be out for a little longer than a week. Because uh, we had a big family gathering last weekend. So I literally had no time to see it last weekend. Uh, plus, with Jedi Survivor, I was just, like, hammering through that as a priority before anything spoiled for me. And I'm very happy to say that my May the 4th was a very good May the 4th because I finished the game and at this moment of time I really think it's the strongest Star Wars story told across all mediums um, in the last like five six years it is it is up there for Rogue One for The Force Awakens with me um, Mando Season 2 High Republic, Light of the Jet. Like, it's up with the best of the best and maybe even the best out of all those things so, I just named. Yeah, so you're, so you're basically saying, like, it's it's worth it enough to play it for the story. Like, the story transcends it just being a video game. Oh, yes, yes. And, and like, but just even as a game, it's a very great, very amazing game as itself. But, like, and I was ready to say, like, as I was playing through, and the game, does, and without giving anything away, the, the game is, is, it gets to the point where I thought I was fighting the last boss of the game because they were building up this certain character. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, this feels like the end. Like, this feels like the game's going to end in the next 30 minutes. And oh, no, was I really wrong. And I love it when video games do this, where they do the bait and switch. And next thing you know, there's like another, like, almost half of the game yep. playthrough. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, they threw an Empire Strikes Back curveball. They they pulled it off without me even expecting it at all. They pulled a huge-ass twist that literally got under my skin, and I'm playing the game, and I'm literally bawling my eyes out playing this video game. I'm, I'm bawling my eyes out playing a video game. I'm like, what the hell? Like, how does this story become this good um, to the point where it engaged me to that degree, that level? And... Just the characters, the characters, the stories feels Game of Thrones to a certain degree where it's like it's not this evil twirling mustache villain. It's like uh, the, the characters, um, the, the villains, they all have their several layers and they have a perspective in their head. You know, the greatest villains in all of cinema and fiction are the ones that think they're the hero of their own story. They they believe that what they're doing is the right path, but it's through several, several uh, moments of time and years and whatever that they slowly find themselves in a, in a situation where it's just, okay, um, I don't realize I'm doing bad things, but here I am doing bad things. And it really, this, this game on so many levels reminded me of like A New Hope. There's certain thematic uh, kind of sequences that r reflect... So I'm being as vague, as vague as I possibly can here right now because, oh man, I want to talk about this game with spoilers because there's going to be huge ramifications for um, the story of the Jedi franchise. And I, I well, really hope that you guys out there, you know, if you really like the story, try to try to be wary of social media because I know I'm one of the first people to beat the game. At least I think I am because I don't see anybody talking about the spoilers that I ex which I consider are like heavy spoilers. Yep. <laughs> like you don't want yeah, I... to know those things going into play. You want to have the experience I did where I was yelling at my monitor going, what the hell? You know, like those crazy. And it happened in a sequence where it was like one thing happened. 
Then 30 seconds later, another thing happened. Then five minutes later, <laughs> another thing happened. And then six minutes later, another thing. It was like, oh my gosh, my I, I, have a, I have a Google watch and I have a heart rate of usually in the fit, low 50s. I was up to one, almost 120. My heart <laughs> you're on a run. What on a run because of a freaking <laughs> video game story that threw me for a roller coaster. And I was like, my heart can't take what I'm experiencing right now. Just the music, the scale, the, the impact, the stakes. It was just on another level. It was insane. So, yeah, that was my May the 4th where I was like, this could be the best May the 4th ever. Because I just experienced one of the best stories in Star Wars ever. So it's very fitting that I I didn't do much. And I had this grand plan of getting up, watching young Jedi adventures, and then going right into Star Wars Visions. But then I was notified by Dominic uh, from the Star Wars Underworld. You guys have seen him on my channel many a times. Uh, we hung out a lot at Celebration. He's like, hey, you're, you're, playing, Fall, you're playing Survivor. Why don't you be on the podcast? Talk about it tonight. It's like, I'm not going to deny you that. And then... And my plan switched. So instead of yesterday watching Visions, talking about it tonight, um, I was like, screw it. I'm playing Jedi Survivor until I beat the game so I can at least like say I've completed the story. And and I did it with like literally like maybe 10 minutes before I had to get to work. It was insane. Like I, I went from like 8 o'clock to like <laughs> 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I got to get off the game like now or I'm going to be late. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, hey, that's that's great. Um, also, did you see Milton can join now? Um, but yeah, that's that's really great, though, that you uh, that you were able to beat the game and, you know, really grind it out. And I knew you would be blazing through it, too. Like as soon as it came out, I was like, oh, man, I bet this is pretty much most of like Chris's upcoming free time is going to be revolving around this game. So I, uh, I was expecting that. So that's, that's cool that you, you uh, were able to beat it. Now, my thing is with video games, I always wonder, cause I, I play video games. I, I, I game and stuff, but I'm not like as big into like video gaming and gaming as like you are. So like, what is the normal? Cause I know with like movies, it's normally a couple weeks and then you can talk spoilers two, three weeks. I know shows, it's usually normally, if you don't have it watched by the next week's episode, you know, you're out of luck. Like, is there kind of like a thing in, say, like the video gaming talk space where it's like, where's a safe time to start talking spoilers? Like a month after the game or something? Or, um, you know, is there any time frame really? Or uh, Yeah, as far as... As far as what looks like the best time to talk spoilers for video games, it's very hard because it's a long format thing, right? So, you know, with the series, you get them on a weekly basis. Like two days later, people are talking literally about the stuff. The movies, it's a little bit longer, I think. Yep. Uh, it, it's hard. I mean, because I had to basically block myself out from social media until I beat the beat the story, and because I was just so worried that. And even EA put out a message saying, like, don't spoil it. And when the damn developer puts that out, you know there's going to be some bombs dropped. Um, so, I mean, it's hard because everybody plays games at a different frequency. It's a lot more taxing because it's not just you sit down and absorb some for 30 minutes. You got to play through the game, which is 20 hours long. Just the story yeah, itself, you know, so... Well, maybe maybe a good time because, to talk you know, spoilers for the game would be when EA is actually posting about it. Like eventually, yeah, and I don't even know if they would. Yeah. I mean, not for another year because these are like some big fates mm. of characters that are left in the balance, you know, left hanging in the balance. But 
Um, just to finish it up, I, I can actually say I'm not a madman for thinking that this is the best Star Wars we've gotten in Disney era because my buddy JT Hogan is literally having the same exact reaction I had when playing the game live. I'm, I'm messaging him back and forth because it's like, oh, yes, somebody else has seen the light that Jedi Survivor has one of the most evocative, emotional weight stories in Star Wars since, like, Return of the Jedi or something. It's insane. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm a huge, you know, Cal Kessis fan that has the BD-1 droid. I can actually say that because other people are saying it, so I don't feel like a madman. So, yeah, do yourselves a favor. If you have an Xbox Series X, a PS5, a PC that can run it, like, this is the best $70 you'll ever spend. Um, for Star Wars. It's that good. Um, and speaking of, we got a new person here. <laughs> Not a new person, but Milton has joined us uh, for Outer Rim Transmission 105. And uh, we have a lot to catch up on, man. I know life has gotten busy for the both of us, but it's nice that all three of us are back again together. Um, so fill us in with, with what's been going on with you and Star Wars and just the fun yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, man. Like you said, life's been getting in the way, but it is what it is. We're here to talk Star Wars, not adulting. Um, but no, like, so a couple updates. I know today is uh, Revenge of the Fifth. Yesterday was uh, May the 4th. So yesterday, um, when I was working, I was coming back home, and there's this new retro, because you guys know I'm into the retro games, and I always like want to collect my game up, my game uh, collection. And I think the, one of the most recent pictures I sent you guys was me playing Star Wars Rogue Squadron on the Nintendo 64. That was like a couple weeks ago. I had to break that out and play it. So, and that game still holds up. It's still amazing. It's it's a very challenging game if you don't understand, like, the dynamics of how to play it. Yeah. And, I, and it took me a minute to get back into the rhythm of playing that game because I'm like, yeah, it's fire. Right now, I'm in the process of looking for Super Empire Strikes Back on Nintendo Ooh. 64. Because your boy just purchased um, Super Star Wars oh, on yeah. Nintendo, or not or on Super, Super Nintendo. So I have Super Star Wars and I have Super Return of the Jedi. I Ooh. have to get Super Empire. I'll have that collection. I remember the Wampa fights. Oh my gosh. Oh, dude. Pain like Super Empire is so good. So good. Oh, yeah. Um, now, yesterday, made made a special trip to this store when I was coming home. And. You guys already know I have, I love episode three and I've had this game for like, you know, 20 plus years almost, <laughs> right? So episode three, Revenge of the Sith on PlayStation 2. I, I play at least a couple times a year. So I've always had this one. So I broke it out and played it this weekend just because I was like, okay, it's dope. So then when I was at the store, I'm looking, looking around and thinking, oh, what else? Because they, they had a special. They said everything that Star Wars is 25% off oh, next nice. few days. So I'm like, okay, I'm looking. They got, they got everything. So I found this bad boy, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Oh, that's oh man, yep. that's awesome. That was that was twelve bucks. Twelve, I, dang. Yeah, then I found Star Wars Jedi uh, Starfighter. Ah, on PlayStation. Oh 2. yeah, that looks awesome. I always wanted yeah. to play that. And then I found Star Wars Starfighter. Awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I found those games. Uh, I want to eventually take some time to replay, like, to play Jedi Starfighter, Fighter, and uh, Bounty Hunter because it's been years since I've even touched those games. 
Yeah. And I remember playing them when I first came out, and they, they were hard. Oh, I need to yeah. look for Battlefront 2. I need to find that on PlayStation 2. Yeah, I, I That's going to be a hard one. That, that, that game's expensive to get. If you oh, yeah, that game's... Those the original Battlefront games are very pricey. Yes. Like if you want to buy them, yes. like like I looked them up before. Before you know, of course, I got them on like digital and Xbox now. But before that, like when you're looking, I mean, they're almost basically full retail price, if not more. Exactly. A lot of times, not and more. it's like and here's the thing, whoa. And you're absolutely right, Ben, because every time I go to this, these stores that are around me that are very like into the retro stuff, like I have. Um, Example, do you guys remember the Super Game Boys where you put the little Game Boy in? Yep. Game yep. Boy, like, uh-huh. That's like 120 bucks, and I have oh, one still God. at my house. Yeah. And I guarantee you, like, I can probably go on eBay and sell it for like 200 if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like stuff like that. It's like those are the – those type of games, like those Star Wars games that are really cool that people still play like us, they're going to be expensive, but they're worth – in my opinion, they're worth buying. I'm going to keep those until the day I die. Like they're not going anywhere. <laughs> like they're staying yep. in the collection. My my brother and I, we try to always be on the lookout for different games, whether it's for Super Nintendo, PlayStation Two, or Nintendo sixty four to collect. And it's like you cannot let those go. Like those mm-hmm. games are classic. Like I need if I if I had an Xbox still, I'd probably get the Obi One game. Well, that game's expensive too. I was like a hundred bucks. It is. Oh yeah, it's like a hundred <laughs> easy because I've I've looked into it. I've because. Cause guys, I've looked into buying an original Xbox to like play that game, oh, and yes. and you can't you can't even get the game. I mean, the game's a hundred bucks. It's like I'm not gonna pay a hundred bucks for a a twenty three year old game or whatever it was. So it's like I don't know, yeah. Ben. Ben, I tell you what, you say that and listen to me. I, I normally I would say True. the same thing, cool. but <laughs> I can probably get a Xbox right now, probably for like twenty five bucks somewhere. Oh yeah, and. I'd be willing to invest yeah. getting Obi-Wan just because that game is so good. And and it's challenging where it takes you a minute to re, to relearn how to play it. And you'll be invested like, man, I forgot how good this game was. I forgot this was in it. You know, so I, I would consider it if I had that type of free time. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's that far off from the current price of games out there. 70. I, I spent $90. True. Yeah. I spent $90 on Jedi Survivor. $90 spent, well spent, well spent Um, for like the, you know, the, the extra outfits and crap like that. I'm like, whatever. True. Give it to me. I don't care. Give it to me. And the Obi-Wan game's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, love so. that game. I don't know if yeah, you'd be able to put the cool. disc in an Xbox Series S X. Though. Oh wait, you don't even have an X with the disc drive. I was, no, I have the S. S with the disc drive. Yeah. I know it's backwards. I don't think oh. it's backwards compatible even. Yeah. Mm-mm. Here's the thing though, if 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 these companies were were smart, and again, I, I got more gaming updates for you guys by the way. But anyway, if these companies were smart, they would go get these retro games and make them digital. And I mean, I'm talking about all the ones that are classics, like Obi Wan, like the Starfighters, mm-hmm. like um, like the Nintendo games for the like they should they should port yeah. all those games you're you were talking to us about. They should port all those to the Switch. Really, and I'd be on that all day, every day, because I like the old stuff compared to the new stuff. Like Chris, oh, yeah. out of the three of us, you're the one that's into the newer stuff, and, yeah. and I respect that. But I'll play Revenge of the Sith, and I'll be into it like like it's day one of me buying it. Mm-hmm. Um. Which reminds me of another Star Wars game. Do you guys remember the arcade Star Wars trilogy Star game, Star Wars game? Yep. So yep. Chris, you that know, game. Which one? What? It's it's uh it's the one where you where you are uh you play on Hoth. Oh wait, are you talking you about like literally in an arcade? Endor. 
you're indoor or you're on uh, the Death Star. Oh, the yeah, trench yeah. run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trench run. And that you cool. beat those levels and you fight Vader or you fight oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Boba Fett. Boba Fett, yeah. yep. So, me, me, so a couple weeks ago, my lady and I went to the one mall, you know, went to a mall that was actually still open. And they had mm-hmm. the Star Wars arcade trilogy game there. Oh, man. Well, I told her, I said, if I had money like that, I would put that in my in my house. Like, if I had money to buy that arcade, I would put that particular system in my home. That's how fire it is. Oh, yeah. That would okay. be, a, be a cool piece, like, in a basement or something, you know, yeah, with exactly. all your stuff. Yeah. I told her. I told her. I was so excited. I'm like, text your brother, because her brother's a nerd, too. I was like, text your brother if he's heard of this game. And she did. And I'm thinking, yeah, this game's fire. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of... The, the lady, so you know how we're making her watch the movies. <laughs> so we watched episode one and two the last couple weeks. Oh, Ooh, what'd she think? I watched Star Wars for a while after her experience last time. <laughs> she, she loves Jar Jar Binks. Wow. That's great. <laughs> she loves that That's character. Great. I don't know. <laughs> Literally, we're sitting there watching it. We're watching episode one and I was like trying to explain to her, like you know who the characters were. Now, now you can't. No, we're not going to talk about episode three. She hasn't watched that one yet, mm-hmm. so I don't want to spoil that for her. <laughs> but um, but yes, but like she, she's like, oh, I like, I like Jar Jar. She laughed at all of his jokes. I'm looking at her like, yeah, he ain't that great. <laughs> and so, and so then, like, I texted my brother. I was like, I can't believe she liked him. And my brother made a funny joke about it, and literally like. My my girl's brother in law was like, yeah, no one likes Jar Jar, like because he's a Star Wars fan too. So like, it's like, yeah, um, no one loves this character except for you. So, but oh, I, I get it because she she's very like, her personality just it, it makes sense she would like Jar Jar. But I just thought that was a takeaway. But she really liked Episode One, uh, and she actually liked Attack of the Clones. Oh, that's yeah. great! Wow. Yeah, she, she liked she she liked the I think she liked the love story that was there. She's gonna be a, a prequelist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yes and no. I will say she's fascinated about Palpatine. She oh. I think she low key likes Palpatine because she mm. she's like she's like oh uh she's like is Palpatine um is Palpatine Sidious blah 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 and I'm like I don't know I'm like you have to just watch it like I like Sidious controls everything. Palpatine's part of that government, so I'm like, you got to just pay attention. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was the cool thing. Right back in the day, people were like, "Wait, is that the same guy as the Emperor?" Like, people weren't exactly sold yet, but like, then it became yeah. reality, and you're like, "Yeah, it made so much." Sense. Well, yeah, it's pulling the strings. Well, and... well the, I have a funny story about that back in the day with the Emperor. Since we're talking about this older Star Wars stuff and reminiscing here, so you know, during that time period when um, Phantom Menace came out, of course, it was '99, and then '02. So I remember it was before it was before Attack of the Clones came out, before we had really seen like Sidious, like really seen him, like how we see him more in person in that movie. Um, but like, so when they released um, Emperor, or when, so I remember as a kid, I was like, you know, seven years old, seven, eight years old, and I I got a Emperor Palpatine figure. It was one of those old Power of the Force figures, you oh, know, yeah. yes. and I and I remember. 
as a kid, I was like, wait a second. I, I put the puzzle pieces together. I was like, wait. And I had the, the <laughs> Palpatine figure from Phantom Menace, and I held them up next to each other. I was like, wait a second. This is the same guy. Like, so, like, I remember as a kid, I was like, I think I know who, I think I know who the bad guy is when I was right. watching Phantom Menace. And it's like, you know, good times back then. Great times. Yeah. So I know, I know our, our next adventure is to eventually watch Revenge of the Sith. I don't know about the sequel trilogy yet. I just, I'm not, I just don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> but she's definitely going to watch Revenge of the Sith and probably get her to watch, oh, not Obi-Wan, uh, uh, maybe Rogue One. We'll just see. I think that might be too much for her. Mm. But um, Revenge of the Sith, I think she'll like because um, she really liked. I think I think she likes Anakin, and she, I think she likes she loves Padme. She's like, oh, Padme's a badass. So mm -hmm. yeah, awesome. So, yeah. And that's my updates for for the movies. Um, again, Jar Jar, that's her guy. <laughs> that's great. What do you think of all the um? Like some of the crazy stuff from Attack of the Clones, like the creatures, like the Acklay, and like you know some yeah. of the fighting. And does she enjoy those things? She, I know. Oh, she hate. Okay, she didn't like Geonosis because she, she said that was uh, the bugs. <laughs> yeah, she said the bugs was creeping her out, and it was just too much. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but she's like, she loves, she loves Padme. She doesn't like three PO. <laughs> I think, I think, I think she gets annoyed with three PO, which I think that's most people. But mm -hmm. she loves she likes R two. She cause she's like, when did R two learn how to fly? I was like, oh yeah, he's always <laughs> could fly. He just didn't do any uh any original and it was moments we've seen him. That's all. Yeah. So, nah. She she's definitely becoming a Star Wars head. She she's not a nerd like me, but she at least <laughs> knows stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I might have to wipe you up now that you watch the movies. So hey, there you go. That's <laughs> that's that's the most important thing. You gotta. You got to get the person you're dating or with to at least watch the movies, somewhat yeah. enjoy them. Like yeah. I was, I was yeah. cracking up, I was cracking up laughing. Like you know, one of our one of our YouTube guys we follow around here, John Campia, he was telling his like oh, story of, with him and his wife, and he yeah. told her he said, "Listen, like your opinion of this movie series is gonna like determine whether we're probably gonna stay together or not. So like you need to really probably enjoy these by the time we." end up watching him and like she ended up loving him and and all that and it's just it's just great hearing people's like star wars stories like how they interact and like you know get um you know get get put into like relationships and stuff like that's right. always a really fun aspect in my opinion yeah no and it's funny because she she now gets references that i drop like so when i when we first started like talking i used to make comments like oh this is gonna be so messed up but it's just me being funny like if i see like a really big like obese person i'm like oh yeah that that that's a job of the hut like, why would you say it's like what is that and then, so finally when she saw job she's like oh that makes sense why you would say that i'm like oh yeah yeah that's a job of the hut Her old girl looks like a job of the hut oh, so Lord. she now gets it yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like I mean, she 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 now understands my sense of humor when I use movie references, whether it's from movies that I, that's non Star Wars or Star Wars. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. This is where the fun begins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can use this and, and, and she was and she was trying to encourage me to wear a Star Wars shirt yesterday at work, and I was like, "Well, I can't do that." But she's like, "Well, you need to wear one in general." So yeah, I wore <laughs> one yesterday. Uh, after work but yeah she 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 understands she's all about the culture now awesome hey, there you go yeah that's awesome man one of us yeah one of us you know. right <laughs>
Oh, man. Well, it was a very big week, uh, as y'all could imagine, for May the 4th. There was a lot of releases this week. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot in publishing. We had a brand new book that's tying together an ending phase two of The High Republic, written by Kit Van Scott. We have Path of Vengeance. I'm just about midway through that one at this point. I did get it a little early. Uh, thanks to the people over at Disney Lucasfilm Press for sending that um, a couple weeks early for me. So, yeah. Very large book, 500 pages, very dense, but it's a lot of great info, so look for that review soon. Um, other than that, we got not two, not three, not four, not even six, but we got seven comics on one day. It was insane. Uh, Marvel, learn how to space your stuff out. I mean, I get it. You want to put this stuff out for May the 4th, but I mean, gosh, it was crazy. Um, and then that's not it, because then there's a new comic book day issue for tomorrow. It's new comic book day, so... If anybody out there um, has been interested in comics, tomorrow's the best day to venture out, find your local shop, get your free comics, and do buy something that helps support your, your local comic book shop. Because, uh, yeah, I, I go there every week to my local place, and it's it's a kind of a fun experience because the, the, the guy that's always behind the counter, his, his name's Dale, and this is Comic Relief in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. And he's... It's so funny because we're always talking, we're always chatting Star Wars every week. I pick up the comics because that's all I get is Star Wars comics. And um, we were talking, it's like we have this feud where like he, he hates Andor, but he loves Mandalorian. So he's always taking shots at me every other week or whatever. Like, oh yeah. Sounds Andor like me. Like the worst <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, I was thinking of it's like, it sounds like bed. And like... <laughs> so we always have like this friendly conversation and that's just part of my week in star wars every week it's just chit-chatting with him about about the latest in star wars and and everything else so yeah definitely go out there there's going to be a um high republic adventure story that's going to be a crucial story for lula talo solo and her fate after the fall of starlight beacon so you're going to want to check that one out by going to your local shop i believe it's just in the u.s um, I don't think they have that in the UK or anything. Maybe they do. I'm not sure. Um, and that wasn't all. That wasn't all. So we had the Young Jedi Adventures. I was going to say the High Republic Adventures. The Young Jedi Adventures. This is the, um, the, the, the preschool age range Star Wars show that's airing on Disney Junior. And they also have seven, all seven episodes available to stream on Disney Plus right now. They put that up yesterday. Uh, I've, it's interesting how they structure it. It's like, okay, you got one episode, but it's split up into two completely different stories. And I've really enjoyed them. I've watched four of them so far. And I, it's, it's one of those fun shows where it looks great. It looks really pretty. Um, it's actually really engaging for an adult that's watching a preschooler show just for the hell of it. I'm like, this is like a Sunday morning cartoon or Saturday morning cartoon. This is really fun. Um, don't go in there expecting, you know, learning about the old Republic or Revan or Darth <laughs> Bane or anything like that. But what you'll get out of it is, is, is a entertaining thing for the adults that are watching with their kids. Like if I, yep. you know, watch it with my niece or nephew, I'd be like, sure, let's go watch, uh, some episodes of Jedi adventures. And then I would be talking to whoever about certain things and certain aliens. Cause it's always fun seeing the different aliens, like a Shadrafan or a Gagorian or a Rodian or Tuilek in the back. Be like, Hey, that's that kind of alien, like, uh, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they have really good, like stories about, um, things that kids have to learn, like really good stories, really good lessons, really good themes that it's a star Wars story. But I, you know, I think they show valuable lessons that they're giving out 
um, to the viewers out there. So that's the best kind of thing you could do. A little bit of entertainment, but also a lot of learning at the same time. Yeah, hey, that's that's good. I'll keep that in mind too. You know, moving forward because I have a niece; she's two years old. So you oh, know, she gets a little bit older. Her, yeah. So you know, it's 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 perfect to like give her a little thing to watch because she's already loving Star Wars and she's oh. only two. Like anytime, anytime she sees Grogu, she just has to go up and hug my Grogu stuffed animal every time she sees him, and she carries him all around the house anytime they're over here visiting. And you know, so Star Wars is already rubbing off on her, and she's you know just turning two. So it's like it's a good sign. <laughs> oh yeah, and. The other thing, it wasn't just that, but we had Star Wars Visions Volume 2. We have eight new episodes, eight new shorts, I should say. This time, it's going around the globe. Uh, there at Star Wars Celebration, we got previews of the directors, creators from South Africa, from the UK, from Ireland, from South Korea, from Spain. Um, I'm, I'm leaving out a couple I can't list off the top of my head, but... Milton, I know this is some of your favorite Star Wars. Have you watched any of these so far? Actually, it's funny because I forgot this was coming out this week. And this morning at the gym, I started Ooh. the series. Okay. Oh, season two. I watched the first two episodes. Oh, let's let's hear about it. Um, neither Ben or me have heard about it. So yeah, we haven't we haven't we haven't, I, we haven't watched I and I haven't looked at social media. It. So you're you're oh, our first okay. you're my first interaction to it, Milton. Yeah, so the first two, so the first episode is titled Sith. Mm-hmm. It's just titled Sith, and actually, it's it's a cool episode because I, I don't know if you guys know, like I'm a huge art fan. Like people yep. really don't know that about me. I actually really enjoy art, going to museums and galleries. And the reason why I bring this up because the episode is kind of based off of like, um, off of based of like a, of an artist trying to like find their vision mm-hmm. and. Uh, finish a painting and get through like writer's block or painter's block or whatever. And she's trying to like, fi- the people as painters trying to figure out like who they are when they mm. paint and express themselves. So this episode very much was about like pretty much this person like trying to paint their destiny oh. and how it looks. It's like, like the, 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 the episode looks like it's brush strokes Whoa. of like, you know, a painting. And it's once, once you see it, you'll know what I'm saying. But you'd be like, oh, like that's the setting and that's the animation that they use. But it's really, really cool how they look like it's paint brush strokes. But anyways, the first episode is so good. Like it's strong storytelling. The 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 Sith Lord that this character deals with needs to be in a live action movie because oh. he sounds cool. He looks cool. Interesting. I love how they try to like just tell the story of someone's destiny and choosing who they are as as a whether they're a Sith user, Jedi user, whatever. Mm. So dope. Loved episode one. It's titled Sith. Check it out. They did a really good job at setting the tone for this season, just like they did last or two years ago with the duel. Wasn't the duel the first episode of season one? Yep. Yep. So they they do a really good job at setting the tone. For this particular season and the animation is great the storytelling is great again i have no complaints of that particular episode they they had me hooked awesome. from day one um episode two is called screechers reach and that's with some children this is my this is the irish studio oh. because you can hear like you can hear the uh like the irish dialect when they're talking mm. and the animation is pretty solid too i think after watching this episode, this might be Chris's favorite episode when mm. like of the first couple. 
Interesting. Just because, like, I know Chris, you'll watch stuff more with like that, like with kids related, but you'll see this journey of this particular character and how it ends, mm. and it's it's a good ending, but it's also a sad ending. Mm. But I think you're gonna be like, wow, that was well told. I, f- I feel like you will like Screech's Reach because, it, and it's a ghost story too, which is awesome. Oh, Interesting. Cool. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So um, those first two episodes are solid. Like I think thus far, like that was probably my favorite episode because how it ended uh-huh. um episode three i started it i wasn't really into it now the animation looked like um do you remember the anti-matrix movie uh animation um remember when i came out the, it's called it's called the anti-matrix back in like 2005 or whatever yeah, yeah. And yep. uh, some of the film animation for like the japanese companies did those uh yeah, those yeah, yeah. shorts yep yep yes this particular episode kind of has that feel of like oh. the Matrix or the oh. of the anti Matrix like um, animation. Oh. So the story was okay; it wasn't hooking me. So thus far, it was kind of weak. But I need to, I wasn't paying attention because I was getting ready to go to work. <laughs> I need to actually sit down and restart that. <laughs> yeah, so you're locked in. Things happen. Yeah, like I, was, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I want to watch this, but I had to get ready to go to work. So I need to actually restart that episode and watch it. Mm-hmm. And like okay and digest it because it, it was it looked great visually i just wasn't paying attention to the story okay. i was just so focused on other things but those first two episodes dope like right. they set the tone of this season cool so I, I i would recommend watching it thus far it's done its job to get me hooked to finish the next six Hell yeah, yeah. That'll be our I'll, our next episode next week as we'll be talking in, in a lot more detail. I'll have watched all of them by then. Ben, I hope you've watched all of them by then. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, no, I I'm, I'm going to just pretty much weekend. watch one per day leading up to next week. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you guys, like, those first two episodes, they're going to get you hooked. I'm mm-hmm. not even joking. Because mm-hmm. legit, like, Sith episode, yes. Screech's Reach, I think, it will, like, you'll be like, man, like, the potential that they could tell with 15 minutes and, and, and it's like, wow, how did they pull this off? And it's like, I, I want to see it's going to, that second episode is going to make you think, I want to see what happens to that character. Interesting. Like, Man, I, I'm probably going to watch, I'm probably going to watch the first two tonight after the podcast, Milton, the, how you, you're talking. I'm telling you, that, that second episode, you're going to be like, I want a sequel to that episode. Kind of like two seasons or two years ago when, was it the finale? The ninth Jedi. The ninth Jedi. Yes, and you're just like, man, what yeah. happened? What happened to that character? Yeah, it's like that. So I'm telling y'all, like, I promise you, you're gonna love those first two episodes, guys. I'll be back in like 45 seconds. I'm gonna run to the bathroom. Real yeah, quick. we have Darker and Gonzo <laughs> chime in on Shai says Vision season two. Ah, where do I begin? The season was lit. All yes. gems, a lot of fresh takes on Jedi versus Sith in the majority of yes. episodes. Screechers <laughs> Reach is number one. Yeah, I'm telling you, like he partnered. Listen, he's right. Like that that episode, and again, I'm so glad that I stopped watching, like paying attention after that episode because, like, it made me really think. I'm like, damn, like I want to see how this plays out. I want to see, and I'll give I'll give you a snippet of it. Like, it's about these four kids that are going on this journey looking for this ghost. Okay, now. One of the characters, she's being guided throughout this whole episode. Mm. But there's a lot of growth going on. And, like, there's a reason why she's being guided because she's desiring something else. And they explain that. 
Um, <clears throat> but how it ends is heartbreaking, but you also know it's best for that character. And mm. it's like, damn, I want to see this journey mm. filled. You give me three or four more episodes of this character's growth through this journey. I would love to see that fulfilled. I guarantee you, Dark Nerdy Gods would probably said the same thing, or at least something close to that thinking. <laughs> man, I want to see what happens to this character further. Oh, man. Like, that's how they, they do a good job in a 15 minute window to get you hooked to these characters. <laughs> you say, listen to Melanie. He's, he's he's right on the money with that. <laughs> like, I'm saying, like, I'm, like no bullshit. Like I was just sitting there thinking, like, damn, like they they told this story in 15 minutes and it's that good. That's the thing. Like Again. Star Wars has the potential because they've done that with the Tales of the Jedi, the Dooku episode where he falls to the dark side. Yeah, yes. look, it was that a short was incredible. one. Yes, and that's and and this is what's frustrating because. Legit, um, we're getting foreign studios who are who I'm sure are very popular in their countries. I mean, throughout globally, throughout the world, that I've never heard of, and it's like they're given chances to tell Star Wars stories from a very different perspective. But it feels like it's Star Wars, mm. like because they're bringing their own cultures into Star Wars. You know, like they're, they're bringing the Irish culture in this particular episode. The first episode was like was more uh, like a Spanish. Mm-hmm. you know painter feel to it like you know what i'm saying and it's like that felt like an episode of just like star wars in general to me i'm thinking it didn't feel oh. out of place oh. so I- i'm telling you like those first two episodes get you hooked episode three like i said i gotta go back i gotta actually rewatch it and pay attention and i'm hopeful it's good just like the first two well, one thing I noticed about the episodes, I did scan through them real quick on Disney Plus um, before we hopped on here to the podcast, and I noticed some of them, there's a couple that are like 21 or 22 minutes, right. actually. Like, later on, it's like the 6th or 7th episode, I think, or 8th. Yeah. So, like, you know, we have a couple longer ones in there even, too, as well. Yeah, yeah I saw that as well, and like I said, I'm, I'm excited for it. Like, I, I probably, if, I think on Sunday I'll probably finish them because I do, I don't really do much on Sundays. So I think after I get through my morning, I might just watch the rest of Visions and be like, okay, like this is Visions is. It, I'm gonna just come out and say it. Visions is in my top, probably in my top ten of Star Wars content of all time because season season one, yeah, of oh. all time. I'm and, and that's and some people might say, oh, Milton, you're BS, and I'm like, no, no BS no, on here, are. like. I would say I would say obviously uh, a couple of the movies are in that top ten. I would say Tales of the Jedi is in that, Clone Wars, Visions, and probably um, the first couple seasons of Mando. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's a good top ten list right there. I, I mean, I don't think, and I'm talking about just visual content of us like watching meat TV shows, shorts, that type of thing. And I'm not I'm not including games or stuff like that. Yeah, no, my um, um my girlfriend, that's her favorite thing right now is visions. I mean, I don't I think she started yeah. volume two even before I have, which is saying a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm not I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not saying nothing else about it. Cause like I said, just just watch it. Just watch the the, the series and I'm gonna finish it later this weekend, but the first two will get you hooked. Dark Nerdy Gonzo, he knows what he's talking about, especially those first two episodes. Fire. Wow. That's crazy that like both of us, Mullen, are saying in the last week we've seen some of the best Star Wars ever, right? It's like 2023. It's like, yeah, I, I, I consider this game listen, one of the best. And, and and this, like, this show is one of the best. Like, this is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. 
that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's like, and, and this is what like, and this is a criticism, but also a praise of Star Wars. Okay, and I got to give Kathleen her credit here because I'm sure she has a lot to do with bringing these animators in. She's letting these people tell their stories. She's letting them be creative, and I'm sure I'm sure there's some things that they got to put in there to make it feel the way that it feels, whatever. But it's it's a fresh take, but it also feels very familiar too. So that's the praise of it. The criticism is you should have been doing this shit in the movies. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like, I'm just keeping it 100. Because True. you have the potential to tell the most. You got the budget for these movies. You got the best writers in the world. You give us what you gave us? I could barely get through. Um, what was I watching the other day? The Last Jedi was on TNT. I was like, I could barely watch this. I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah. I'll, I'll put on Visions. Well, spoiler alert. We got, I'll, we got I'll, like watch, a, I'll watch Obi-Wan. We got like a three-month break, so we're doing commentaries again. So you're going to have to deal with it. Like... I know. I've been saving Last Jedi for our commentary. <laughs> I, I'm telling you all, that, that's going to be a struggle for me when we do that commentary. It is going to be a struggle. I'm dead ass. Like, I'd be like, eh, yep. you might have to not. I might not talk much on this one. <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. By the way, if any of you guys are gamers as well, we have the Fortnite crossover this week and I think for several weeks and it's really fun. I I bought the the 501st twin pack with the 212th battalion clones. Uh you have Anakin skin, you have a Padme skin, you have a battle pass that would unlock a wolf pack skin a ahsoka tano uh legion clone trooper skin as well as a darth maul skin and a coruscant guard skin so it's all prequel love all the time in fortnite right now um ben you were mentioning about battlefront 2 or somebody was talking about battlefront 2 it was milton this is basically battlefront 2 like ad hoc inside of fortnite right now um if you guys are going to be playing the game if you have it you're listening live um i know the star wars underworld discord is going to be playing the game tonight. I'll probably jump in for a match after our stream here tonight. But, yeah, it's really cool. It's basically you're playing Battlefront 2 now because, like, everybody's got Star Wars skins. They have lightsabers you can get. They have, like, portals that you can find across the map, and you go inside the portal, and it's either, like, Obi-Wan or it's or it's one of the Force-using force characters, and you walk back out of the portal, and next thing you know, you have a lightsaber, and you have the power to wield the Force. So next thing you know, you're seeing, like, characters, like, Force-pushing, force like pulling and like throwing lightsabers it is really fun so if you've thought about playing fortnite if you're a star wars fan if obviously if you're listening to this you are um go ahead and check out fortnite you can play on basically everything including like the refrigerator these days so you should be able to find it and and it's free unless you want to spend money on the skins you could you could do that too um so there you go ben i think it's your time to start playing fortnite now I might. I don't know. I haven't played it in like seven years, so I might. I could download it. It's much we'll better see. when you don't play the no build mode. I probably need to get mm. black for that, but it's just more of like Call of Duty without the build gotcha. mode. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So today is May- Revenge of the Fifth. Our main topic today is talking about Sith. So I don't know who wants to start first, but I think we'll just kind of do a roundtable discussion. Um, for the next uh, 30 minutes or so about just hey let's let's talk about the sith what they mean for star wars our favorite characters why uh abilities all those sorts of things um started off with milton 
uh, make it up for lost time. It, it's great to have you back on the show. We're, we're talking about, I think, what could be one of your favorite elements. I mean, you you had that cool shirt you wear or, or, or something where it's like the Kylo Ren, even though he's not a Sith, and it's like all the, the Palpatine and, and then the Emperor and, and Vader and all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if, where you guys want to go with that. I guess we could just start off by uh, just talking about at this current time in Star Wars, we could talk about Legends, we could talk about Expanded Universe, all the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's fine with me, man. You you can start it off. I got you. All righty. So, uh, for me, I think getting back into some of the comics, um, if anybody from Ion Cannon is listening, uh, Darth Momin or Lord Momin from the Charles Soul star wars darth vader comics from 2017 he is the ancient sith character that was able to basically create um life after death like the cool thing with the sith are they can transpose their spirits into sith objects and he was able to do that with his helmets and whoever possessed the helmet would suddenly be overwhelmed by his presence and basically do what the presence the ghost was wanting them to do so it got to the point where he was ended up to be the architect of vader's castle on mustafar so it was a it was a really cool story of this character that was kind of down on his luck and grew into power next thing you know overthrew his master as all sith do and then he was able to just create something um and it took many many tries like they have this cool like uh, sequence of the comics where it's like, okay, this officer ended up getting the helmet, then they died, then somebody else picked up the helmet, then they died, and it just got transferred through years and years and years, and it ended up there. So when it comes to the Sith, the Sith characters for me, I'm always very intrigued by just the the history and what they leave behind and the artifacts and the holocrons and even Rebels. We've seen like Malachor, <laughs> Where it was like, oh, you hear this voice and all this kind of stuff. So, for me, it's like that seediness. That's there's always the 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 darkness and the light of Star Wars, and and there's always got to be an element. And oftentimes, the Sith are the ones that are the ones. You know, they're pulling the strings. They're leading our heroes yeah. into times of trial and strife that they have to overcome. Ben, what yeah. like I don't know if you heard of Lord Moment or if any of your. Yeah, we can go to like old Republic characters first and talk about that back in time. Yeah, well, yeah, I was gonna say one of the um, one. I mean, he wasn't on my like list, but I I, I assume that you were gonna probably bring him up. Um, but yeah, like the whole Lord Moment thing, I thought that was a really cool story arc when that came out back in 2017. I remember when that came out. I remember seeing like the comic panel, um, like seeing Vader and seeing his mask and like all that stuff, like. His like that whole idea of that character sounded really interesting to me, and I think like even back then, even in twenty six years ago now, gosh, six years ago, you know, one of the cool parts about that 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 made me um, interested in that character was the possibilities of hey, if we ever get an old republic or like a thing further back, like they could bring that character into live action or even an animated show sense. Where basically, you know, then eventually it's it's like that whole rewatchability thing with with the shows. It's more of like a re-readability thing. Like, hey, you can go read this comic from like, say if that say if that show would come out in I don't know, 
2028. You could go read this comic from 11 years ago where you see where that character's mask like ends up. So like I always thought that that character brought some interesting potential for like a future Star Wars project like in terms of a show or a movie possibly. So um that was one of the one, one of the interesting aspects like that I found from that character uh specifically. Oh yeah. Um Milton, what are some some older Sith characters? You don't have to talk about older public characters, but but um, mm. if we want to stick into that era, I mean, well, let's talk about Plagueis a little bit. I know you have experience right. with Plagueis. Most of us uh, love this story. That yeah, read. I mean, um, like that's you no, know, that's funny because I was going to bring up either between Plagueis, Bane, or Malgus. Oh yeah, we'll talk about all of them well, because they're all on my list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because like I some you know I still go back and listen to some of the you know Darth Darth Bane trilogy because they're so great. Again, very re-listenable books, re-readable mm-hmm. books. Um, Plagueis in particular. I mean, look, it was when did Revenge of the Sith come out? Two thousand five. Oh five. And then Darth Plagueis book came out what a couple years later after that, and it's like you got one reference of this character in a prequel movie. And it was told very well. And everyone wanted to know, well, who was Palpatine's master? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. wait, wait, Palpatine's the guy, but who's this Plagueis character? Like, he must have been the guy. And then and then we get this book, and it's like, damn, like, where's he been? And come to find out, he was around the whole time. It's just we didn't see him during the Phantom Menace. Which, again, like, it's it's so cool to see how that character had such an impact on Star Wars, and we've never seen him. We've heard of him, we've read about him, and it's like, damn, he he really was that important to the development of one of the most diabolical, evil villains of all time in, in, in storytelling. So so Plagueis and just what he could do when it comes to the manipulation of life and, you know, the the, uh, the unnet- what's the phrase that they use in Star Wars? About about the dark side of the force, he says, um, the dark side is a pathway to many abilities. Unnatural. Unnatural. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see some of that stuff Plagueis was doing <laughs> with, with that so unnatural. So yeah. it's it's cool that he he's that badass of a character. He stood out to me so much. It's like, yeah. Um, which goes back to obviously the the Darth Bane and how he phased out the army of the Sith to make it the rule of two. He started that. How dope is that? And how and how proficient that really was for the Sith because they were able to hide in the shadows and they changed their philosophy of what a Sith is, which you look back, you look forward to Yoda's era. They they, they weren't prepared for the new Sith. Bane, Bane changed the Sith where the Jedi weren't prepared for them a thousand years later. Like how, oh, how yeah. crazy and impactful that is. That, you know, that, and then obviously Darth yeah. Malgus, like how badass he just looks from the old Republic games. Like I always, always tell myself, if Kathleen Kennedy come to me and said, Milton, we want you to play a Sith Lord, I'll be Darth Bane or I'll be Darth Malgus. Give me a mask, scar my face up. I'll be a Sith Lord. I'm already buff. I can play the character. I love, I love the Sith. Like, I, God, I'd be a Sith Lord if I could. Like dead ass. Oh, I, just, yeah. I, I just love those characters. Oh yeah, the Sith the Sith characters they have such like a big impact on Star Wars as a whole. Like, you know, 
you know, we're sitting here breaking down Malgus and Bane and Plagueis. Like, all these characters, like, Plagueis, he literally was barely mentioned in live action. Um, the other characters, you know, in books, video games, etc. Like, so, you know, you have... It, it's cool seeing how big and, like, impactful these characters are when we barely even hear about them, you know, in the mainstream type of thing, you know? So it's just... That's always an interesting aspect to me because, like... I mean, how many times, you know, we see it happen all the time. Like, one of the, um, you know, we see, like, the Plagueis, the whole conversation about Plagueis memed and gift and people posting on TikTok or Instagram reels. Like, like I literally see one all the time. I'm sure you do, too, Milton, on Instagram, like, with fitness stuff. Like, there's always, yeah. like, there's always, like, it's, like, the caption at the top it's like your gym buddy's asking you how to do this or that, and it's palpitating going like the dark side is a way that many think, um, can people can find things to be unnatural or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like that whole thing, like that that conversation's oh. always meme so much. And like it's just it's cool seeing like how like those little things like that, you know, they're everywhere still. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's impactful. Like it's it's yeah. Like yeah, I, I know the Sith are quote unquote supposed to be viewed as evil, but that's what's so beautiful about Star Wars because this is why I love the Sith because even Palpatine talks about it when he's talking to Anakin in the opera. He's like, and because Anakin says, "Well, the Jedi, the Jedi are, are are selfless. They care about others," and Palpatine's like, "And and the Sith aren't, you know, like yeah. you know, they're all about their their strength and their passion." He's like. The Jedi are just as dogmatic. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, like they're just as culpable of doing evil or doing bad things. It's just we just choose the people at the, in Star Wars choose not to see it. You know, and and it's like I, I love that they put that twist on. It. He's like, well, are the Sith really that bad? Now, I think most people will say yes, they are. But I'm sure if you really looked at their history, are they really as bad as the Jedi or, or vice versa? Like, I mean, well, well, the Jedi probably put this some off the wall stuff too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like, here's I, I don't know. I, I think the Sith has always been a, a very integral part of, of of the philosophy of the Force, obviously. But even how people view life, they'll say like, it's okay to like. So we all have evil in our hearts. You got to learn to like embrace it and, and work through it. Yeah, I I, I like the whole dichotomy of the light side and the dark side so mm -hmm. you you think that and and one of the i forget which star wars comic did or what writer put this in the comic of recently in canon but it was like you got to think of it from through this lens and you know the light side of the force is like the known entities of the force the, the ways that they control the force the dark side mm -hmm. are is is not evil per se but it's just a different way of using the force a different way that is yes. not known by the jedi that the user just because they use it, it's not necessarily making them evil. It's just a different way of doing it. So I like that I mentality. It's of, of going it's it's uh way. it's just like Obi Wan said it. It's point of view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's point of view in the sense of how you use your power. I mean, look, the three of us here are very different individual people. Okay, but we're very passionate in our own way. I can be more aggressively passive or uh, aggressively pass have passion. I say Ben wants to be a little bit more passive. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like I'm definitely like the analytical like Thrawn type. Just sit well, back about, and like, about, well, I'm just yep. examples. I'm like, yep. like you can have passive, <laughs> aggressive, but also like the in between, which would be the analytical, cynical, cerebral. Yep. Mm -hmm. All three versions of of passion. 
what what makes one better than the other or more evil than the other? Because I know I can be very calculating, but also be aggressive, but then be passive when I need to be. Yep. You know, like I mean, we all have the capability of being assertive and displaying that quote unquote ability of the Sith, mm-hmm. but we all choose to use it differently. Just like mm-hmm. if we were Jedi's, we would all use our powers differently, good, bad, or indifferent. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find it very interesting because, like, in the current canon of Star Wars, especially looking at the High Republic stuff, there's there's cer- certain things that happen where the, the Jedi are are simply like, no, we can't help this person, and then and then like like the people that are more evil aligned in that situation are like, I thought the Jedi are meant to help people; they're they're no better than us essentially, or whatever, because it's like yeah. they're so dogmatic, they're like, oh, we can't be involved in those affairs and all this sort of thing, and it's like that's just as bad as the person that's like striking the person down is the person well, look, that's just like ignoring that person leaving them to die you know it's, well i mean yeah. i mean I, I mean look we we talked briefly earlier i mean about the phantom menace like look qui-con literally says i didn't come here to free slaves like and they yeah. like they know slaves are on tatooine and they're just like oh we're good yeah i mean but, but he's probably thinking we're here to do it it's we're here for a higher yeah. which again how can i be mad at his point of view his perspective of hey we have to do what's best for the Republic. I can't worry yep. about, you know, this individual. It's kind of like the Spock quote yep. out of Star or Star Trek. Well, how it's about if you got to save one or save many to save the few or something like that. Like the Jedi have that same philosophy where like I may have to sacrifice a few to save the many, but the yep. Sith just do it loudly. Mm-hmm. The Sith will openly say, I need to get rid of these small, these group of people to, you know, fulfill the, the greater destiny of everything. And they're not quiet about it. That's the difference. You know what I'm saying? The Jedi are coy, KG, and just like, you know, a little different about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I one's wanna... bad or which one's evil? Mm. Yeah. I want to go back which to... One's Sorry to interrupt. Um, oh, you're good. I, I just want to go back to, you were talking about Darth Bane a little bit. And it's yeah. important to know the, the, the stance that the Sith had back then, because this is like a 800 BBY or something like that. And at the time, I, I by the way, the, the, the Bane trilogy is a must read. Like if you're looking to getting into the Legends expanded universe, like honestly, like that's one of the first things I would start with um, because uh, Drew Carpatian, uh Darth Bane trilogy is like one of the greatest. Yeah. Like I remember reading that in college and I was like telling my roommate every little thing thing about it i was like so excited to like the story was amazing i was like telling him all these details and he was like looking at me like uh, are you okay like like i'm just regurgitating like these amazing yeah. moments because uh, you remember how he got his name not really it's been a while since i read it well his I, his real name is uh it's like dex or something oh, it yes. with a D. Yeah. D. something with a d yep Something like that, the like Dexter or something, something like that. But he called himself Bane because his father was like a an abuser, mm. and like he'd always say, "You're the." And his friends were like, "Oh, you're the Bane of my existence," or something like that. So he decided to take Darth Bane as his name because of his dad's abuse. Oh man, yeah, and it was just badass was like, because he's like working yeah. in the mines, and he's like the lowest, yep. lowliest of the low, and he like picks yeah. himself up by his boots and just like makes a name for himself it's like one of those great stories right. well remember he kills like an imperial or uh he kills like a guard or somebody 
and he has to go on the run. Oh yeah, so yeah. he joins like the imperial military, for the the imperial like Sith or something like that, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And then he just it's like the Sith Academy. That's where he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was so. interesting because like at that point the Sith were legion. Like there was hundreds and thousands yes. of Sith, and the problem was nothing was getting done because they were just bickering and fighting amongst themselves. They would just be killing them each other all the time, and nothing was happening. Uh, so he created the thought bomb, which just like completely annihilated like all of them at once, and it was just right. a matter of like him with like um, uh, his Padawan or his uh, acolyte apprentice uh, Zen Zendaya or no not Zendaya but um, mm-hmm. Zana Darth Zana. It's like Zana uh, Zan something Zana. like that. Yeah, so it, it was really neat. And then her storyline and and throughout the three books and at what like. Bane was doing some of the most incredible things, and and I believe he was actually he found like a a, a journal of Darth Revan, or something, and oh. he was like learning the techniques from Darth Revan. So I love like the idea, and they carried this into the sequel trilogy with like, yeah, hey, you know, the Sith like absorb the information from the previous generations to like become stronger, mm-hmm. and he's like literally floating through space at one point because there's like going between Onderon and Duxin. There is a little bit of space, so he literally like left the atmosphere, and that's not like how strong in the force he was. Was he able to like envelop himself in like a force bubble to like float yeah. through like a short amount of orbit to like go across like when he was flying on this like dragon thing? It was like that. That thing stuck out to me as one of the most badass sequences in Star Wars. I was like, holy crap! The power of the force, uh, whether you're a Sith or whether you're a Jedi, is just incredible. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. that's tight. I mean, he's uh, yeah, the stuff he was doing, man. I mean, Bane again. We three books about him, and people want to see him. Like, I, I just, I, I think it's time for for him to be in live action. Yeah, we could get an old Republic. Just imagine, just imagine like a Bane series, like in the in the, you know, of course, um, with us watching it, Chris, like in a House of the Dragons esque like Bane series, oh. like, oh man, it would be so good. So, I would just so, I mean, love that. I'm about to say, you know, I know we got the announcement at Celebration. Chris, you were there. You bought the movies and what's coming out in their in their next ten years or whatnot. Mm. Like, I I think what would have been beneficial. I know they're doing was they doing a, a Knights of the Royal Public movie or what? Or what is it? What are they doing? That's Jedi. They're doing a twenty five thousand year story in the twenty five thousand years with the first in the Jedi. past. Yeah. Okay, we're getting that story fine. I I think at least a two, a two three series. Two, three mini series of Darth Bane would have been perfect to give oh, us. Oh yeah, well they they, they actually acknowledge that there's an old Republic era now, so at least like we know that's they're they're probably working on something yeah. in the books. They just can't see and, it yet. Well, well, the good thing is Milton though. Like I, I'm not sure if you caught the uh, the picture of it. Like now they have like acknowledged like the timelines, like the twenty five thousand years ago, like the old Republic, the higher Republic, the the pr- original. Mm-hmm. Like they they acknowledged all these different like basically um time periods and like that's why they they kind of explained you know that's why they're doing like a movie here a movie there a movie there because it's like they're spreading out the storytelling so i think they're just kind of like laying the groundwork where they could potentially continue to tell stories in all three eras basically is what i'm i'm guessing yeah no i mean that's again you know me if you got a plan that's all i need to hear Yep, uh, at yep. least have a plan and, and try to be consistent. Um, I mean, cause I, I think even looking back on like the Sith Lords we're talking about right now, not we as Star Wars nerd heads 
we know about these characters. Mm-hmm. We, we, we live, breathe, breathe and eat Star Wars. I guarantee you, my father, who likes Star Wars himself, <laughs> but he's not a Star Wars head like me, don't know Darth Bane, don't know Malgus and all these guys. So you got average fans that like the movies that know who Darth Vader is. They don't know all about that old Republic stuff. So, like, honestly, you have the potential right now, Luke, Lucasfilm and Disney, listen to my voice. You have the potential to make billions more by telling those character stories. Because, again, like, you, you can get unknown actors to play these characters yep. because they're not famous characters to the mainstream media or market of Star Wars. Or, you know what I'm saying? Fans know who they are. But you you pull you pull in the average Joe Schmo who's like, oh wait, who's the Darth Bane character? Oh wait, snap, he he was around back in the day. Let me go read a couple yeah. books. Let me go, let me invest in him. Oh, I like him. I'm gonna see the next yep. three movies. I'm gonna see the next couple series. Anytime he mentions Sith now, Army of Sith. Oh, that Darth Bane guy was around there. I'm gonna go watch that now. Mm-hmm. Like you can pull another audience in. Oh yeah. But that's oh, yeah. Though. yeah, I mean, I mean you got Bane. You got Plagueis, of course. You know we heck, we might get Plagueis maybe in yeah. the Acolyte or something I really eventually. Feel like it, it, um, it's from the uh, Knights of Old Republic two game with the mask, the white mask. Nihilus. With the oh, Nihilus. 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 Yes. Nihilus yep. was interesting. That's another one. That give us that one too. Nihilus. Yep. Like, wasn't he really not even like a, a a humanoid? Wasn't he like an eminence of the dark side or something? Like he fed. Yeah, it was like a... on the dark side or the the force. He was like. Like a vampire, kind of. Like yeah, like a force vampire. It was very interesting. But like, oh, yeah. the, that, even that that game was like, yeah, I I really enjoyed that game. I know a lot of people definitely don't like it as much as the first one, but it was cool to see like the triumvirate of the Sith because then you had the Darth Sion, and I always like really yeah. like his design of like it's completely like a hundred percent of his body is scarred, and he's shirtless, and he's just like this berserker of a lightsaber user you know i always like that character a lot oh yeah no he's he's dope i mean it's i'm telling you like chris you mentioned a character that not many people know about so it's like you have all these potential characters you really flesh out their stories like honestly oh yeah no i think think there's so much more you can pull from those 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 jewels of characters that are on that side it's like wow man the stories you could tell oh yeah now, with, with these guys in mind, there's definitely one character that we for sure won't see because, based on, like, canon and stuff. Um, we'll go a little more, even more Legends cut here. Especially, I mean, I know for sure you, like, know a lot about him, Milton, and I, I think you know some stuff about him, Chris, as well. Um, Darth Cadius, a.k.a. Jason Solo. Like, I was just talking about him yesterday. His character... Like, that that was my big one. Of course, you know, we'll talk about, like, Vader and all that stuff eventually. But, like, the big one to me, like, that impacted me a lot from, like, reading the books when I was younger and then teens and everything was his character. Because, you know, you see his character. The the great thing about the Yuz and Vong book series is, you know, it's, like, 25 books or whatever. So, like, there's plenty of time to develop all these characters in, like, a really long-form content, basically. And... They, um, you know, they take Jason Solo, um, of course, Han and Leia's kid, because um, you have Jason and Jaina, which are the twins, and basically Jason, you know, he he goes, and if I remember correctly, he, like, 
injures another Padawan or something in like a training session. And like basically that's kind of like the domino uh like to push him down the path of the dark side cuz basically he starts to get into like like more so, of like the the Jedi knowledge or whatever and then what is it like he progresses eventually to that point or something. So he so one, I mean, before I get to that, we kind of already got Darth Kytus, but watered down version with Ben. Yeah, Solo. yeah, I would say it's Kylo Ren's basically a watered down Darth Kytus, oh. basically. Um, yeah, but Darth Kytus, remember he had a secret daughter. Yep. Oh, Ben Ben Skywalker or Solo had a secret daughter. Ben's freaking Solo. Jason Solo had a secret daughter, kind of like Anakin, so he's mimicking his grandfather's stuff, and yep. then Umaya was that Sith remnant who was like trained by Vader, but she had a secret grudge against Luke because yep. Luke like did something to her. Like she he hurt her or something like that. So then she kept calling out to Jason. Yep. So then Jason, Luke's son Ben, and like an apprentice went mm. to go like look for like this Sith Lord at this like planet. And uh the the female apprentice like found like who Lamaya was. But Jason was like, no, she needs to live because she can help me like save the galaxy. Like she can, he, because he foresaw, he had the same visions that Anakin did, like seeing the future and how he can, he's like, I can't let you kill her. So he winds up killing that apprentice and wipes um, Ben Skywalker's mind from the like whole event because he don't remember what happened. And then eventually it comes back later in the books. But like that's how the domino starts him going down the dark side. Yep. And then yeah, Dana, he, his sister, figures it out later. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it's great seeing, like, that progression, too, like, of how his character goes from, like, you know, like, it, you know, it, they perfectly progress him versus, like, rushing it. Because, you know, it's over multiple books. Like, his character has yeah. plenty of time to develop. Like, you know, early on in, like, his Jedi career, he wasn't, like, a great Jedi sword uh, lightsaber fighter. Like, you know, you have those different things with his character, like, that just slowly build and build and build and build to eventually get him to be, like, Darth Cadus, and then he, you know, like, some of the most impactful things from those books, for me anyways, was, especially after the Heir to the Empire trilogy, you know, you have... Uh, Darth Cadus go and kill. You know he kills Mara Jade eventually, oh. and like her books, yeah, yeah. I say you kill. He kills Mara Jade, so you know that's like such a big, big mm-hmm. moment. It's like whoa, yeah. this guy means business. Damn. Well, actually, let's go back further because remember, because you remember you got the Legacy of the Force books when he transitions into that Darth Cadus character. Yep. But remember the New Jedi Order books, which is ah, uh, which is the Yuuzhan Vong. Yuuzhan Vong. Story. That's when he um, he gets tortured. Yep. He's captured and tortured, and like Whoa. that's when you start seeing like how Jason can. He has that dark side, and it and it kind of like makes him harder. Which that's why he becomes like the general of like the Galactic Alliance or whatever the hell they call it at the time. But yeah, you see that change starting in those other books during the Yuuzhan Vong War. He's like when he's like in his early twenties. Yeah, so, and it's it's. Yeah, cool. it's it's cool with him too. Like they make they make him other than the Yuuzhan Vong, they make him like the definitive villain because like oh, he's the second yeah. strongest, like the main big bad. Like it's Luke and then him basically in terms of a power yeah. level. Oh, facts! Like he because I think Luke was scared of him at one point. Which, yep. which I see why they did that in uh, the Last Jedi. But Ky- like, but Darth Kytus was a legit threat. He not was a, a fi- legit, not a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> no, 
And like, <laughs> like Jaina, Jaina was that dude. Like, and I wish Jaina would have been a great character to get to, but like I said, Jaina could challenge her brother. Like she was that good of a Jedi. Hell of a pilot, too. Yep. Oh yeah. Like but, his yeah. character, his character definitely was one of the most like impactful ones for me for sure like in terms of like sith that aren't are like our mainstream characters his character for sure is just because you know we had him developed out for Mm -hmm. many many books how how does this guy become a sith though like you always have to have a master and an apprentice so did he have like any kind of a he does so so what what he does is so so lumaya was trained by vader or something at that one point whatever it was yeah she takes him under his wing so she starts She's been slowly grooming him oh. over time. So that's when like he hears her, he sees the visions, he meets her. He understands, like, okay, she's a she's a uh I need to have her around to like save the galaxy. Cause he wants to save the galaxy. He wants to save his daughter. So his yep. motivation is, is noble, but it's not right how he's doing it. So uh... when I think Lamaya gets killed midway through the series, I think, from my yep. recollection. He then starts grooming Ben, his cousin. Luke's son. Yeah, Luke's son. And Ben is going with it, but Luke's starting to figure out, like, something right here. And then Ben starts figuring it out. He's like, okay, I'm not going to be his apprentice. Because he's like, he's like, he realized he he killed my mother. Like, Ben finds out. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, it's the legacy of the Force books are absolutely incredible. Chris, like, tell like, bro. Chris, I well, you this well, here's here's the thing that that book series is the, the book series that inspired my book of Boba Fett idea. Where you know, you know, Milton, like that's that's the series that came with the sixty year old Boba Fett hunting down a clone to yeah. find his his DNA to stay alive, yeah. basically. Yeah, so, he's like, like his granddaughter, he, he finds yeah. his granddaughter. Yeah, it's like his grandkid or whatever. And it's like it's like that series, it fleshed out so many characters like Sith, Jedi, Bounty yes, Hunters. Chris, 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 no BS, Chris. I'm telling you. <laughs> you will listen, you will listen to listen to the books too, for sure, Chris. I know I know you like the physical hard copies. Um, but you gotta listen to the books too, because they're that damn good. I mean, if anyone's whoever's watching right now, if you've listened to the books or read them. They're that good. Like this is why I get so mad at the sequel trilogy because you had the the movies right. They're right there. The books are the scripts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like tweak them a little bit, but you got the story. I'm telling you, Chris, oh, yeah. you're gonna love them. I guarantee you, Chris, well, when you getting... read those books, you're gonna be like, damn, I should have read these ten years earlier. We're getting new Jedi Order with with Ray and stuff, so I I, I wouldn't well, be surprised if they actually I mean, pull some stuff from from the books at that point, even though Ray, it's kind of out I of hope order. they do. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's quality. Meantime, Chris, you still need to read them, Chris. It's your responsibility. <laughs> I got your so obligation. Books to keep track of. I, I would have to. Just, I hear you. Just solely I hear you. There, there's only like there's only like nine legacy books. Yes, and Chris, I know you're a fast reader, so. Um, it's your obligation as a Star Wars fan and as a leader of this podcast to read those books. Well, I'm starting from the old, the first book in the entire timeline when it comes out re-released in the the Essential Legends collection for Dawn of the Jedi later this month. So yeah, hey, there you go. There, there you go. Hey, it'll hey, take me it's... thirty years. I'll be like my friend Matthew Wilson from the Geeks Attic, who literally has read almost every Legends book. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I'm that's, like starting from peg one, and I'm reading the comics with the novels. I already have the the Tales of the Jedi with Exar Kun and all those guys. I have that trade paperback right over there, ready to read. So 
that's 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 the the um go on milton (laughs) i was about to say like you're you're absolutely right on that but i was thinking of another sith character that no one really talks about and i don't know if he's even a sith he i mean he's a dark jedi most likely do you remember the obi-wan jedi apprentice books remember those books uh, yep oh yeah fantastic books yes and qui-gon had an original apprentice before obi-wan yep and that character became like a sith or dark jedi he gets yep. no love because he was yeah. short-lived. But it's like, damn! Like, I want to see how that story plays out. I, I need to go back and reread those books. Oh yeah, those those books are fantastic as well. Um, for fleshing out characters like that. Another really good like dark Jedi Sith. Well, let's just say dark side user at this point, since we're straying down some of the dark side stuff. Um, another really good one that I think is really impactful that I think they're going to be doing kind of in the Ahsoka series with the um, the two new, like, kind of Sith users we saw in the trailer. Um, I think those two characters are going to be kind of our pseudo, like, Joris Sabaoth for Thrawn. Like, I think, I think that's who those two characters probably will end up being, like, something along those lines. And Joris Sabaoth, you know, he was, like, a dark... Je- or, well, the clone of him, anyways, in the Heir to the Empire trilogy. Like, uh... he, you know, he was a dark Jedi um and like his character was so cool like like you know thrawn had him basically employed like helping him out um trying to find like luke because joris's big thing was he wanted to capture leia so he could get the twins basically her her because she was pregnant at the time of the first book and i actually you know i just finished the first book heir to the empire and like his introduction i forgot how cool it was like thrawn um you know, Thrawn's walks into like Mount Tantus, and it's it's like to me, it's cool seeing like the connections between like current canon to legend stuff. Like, you know, Thrawn goes to Mount Tantus, and there's plenty of like this old freaky empire stuff that we're getting now. And you know, they go in there, and like Joris Sabaoth is like you know showing them around all these like empire artifacts Pal- or Palpatine artifacts, and like he's explaining to Thrawn like you know, basically about like, you know, just, just giving him a bunch of BS, distracting him. And then, you know, Thrawn's like, well, what happened to like the guard? And like Joris Sabaoth turns around and like shoots lightning at Thrawn. And it's like, whoa, I did not see that coming. Like, I forgot, I forgot about that scene in the book. And it's like, oh man. So it's cool. Just like seeing like him being like a dark Jedi like that and how he's going to like play out into this trilogy. So like, his character is a really cool player in this in this trilogy of books. And um, you know, in Legends, there's just so many good like Sith slash Dark Jedi, really. I mean yeah. I mean I mean heck, even um even in this book, there's a point in the book where Luke goes to Dagobah because, you know, right where the cave is, like Luke's getting a, a, a like a sensation or whatever in the force, and he goes to Dagobah and he basically goes to the cave like where he fights himself and vader like he goes to that cave and you know lo and behold finds out later that like yoda basically killed a dark jedi there so like it's cool like getting like seeing the connection of like how like the sith slash really dark jedi have played such a big role in star wars even like in legends compared you know legends current canon like video games everything in between like they're all over the place muted yeah with me i'm more versed in the old republic uh 
Darth Malgus, as I've mentioned already. I mean, I have the statue of him back there somewhere. But yeah, you know, the Old Republic was uh, was really for me is my Sith era of Star Wars because it's like the Sith were everywhere. Knights of the Republic, the big one of the biggest twists since Empire Strikes Back with with Darth Revan. That was cool. Getting the Darth Revan books. Like I've read Darth Revan. I've read Deceived by Paulus Kemp. Uh, I've read basically. Wait, everything wait, 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 wait. Go back. The, uh, the the Deceived book. That's the one. That's that's Revan. Yeah. Oh no, no. Deceived is Malgus. Revan. Or Malgus. Revan okay. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I've seen those covers. So those covers are awesome. I haven't read those, which is crazy. Yeah, I think they recently just re-released all his old Republic books in. Uh, the Central Legends right. collection. I need to go back. I need to go get those and check them out. Yeah, they're they're really cool. But um, yeah, just the iconic uh, iconic. Uh, gosh, I can't pronounce that word half the time. Just the way iconography. Iconography. Yeah, I got it last night on on the SWD podcast. I got it twice, and on my podcast, I continue to be cursed trying to pronounce that word. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like just the feel of these characters, and we're going to be getting the Acolyte uh, series later this next year. I, I've seen a trailer. There's, there that that's going to deal with Plagueis probably because in the recent comic, uh, the High Republic Adventures, and there's a Mune character, and he is said to be over a hundred years old. So I already know that that species is very long lived. Now we don't know in canon if Plagueis is immune. That's all we've all right. known about him in canon is is his name from Revenge of the Sith. There has not been any lore whatsoever based on Plagueis outside of just a single word is mentioned in that meeting. Right. But which, which which is a travesty. Like that book should be canon. Yeah, I think that book came out like right when the when the story group like wiped all the canon. Like I think that came out right at the precipice of when they rebooted everything. So, I want to say it was like when in like two thousand like eight nine or ten it was around that time when it came out. Yeah, something. Maybe like it was a little bit later, but uh, that yeah that book had been out for a couple years before Disney was purchased or before they got Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, right. it's it's a great book and it should be canon. Like I don't care anyone tells me it's a perfect Star Wars book. Yeah, I mean like, so far it hasn't really cause any discrepancies in the current none so you might as well just because because, because there's so much time away from it where they like the story's well told so far back it don't mm -hmm. contradict anything for the most part mm -hmm. i mean the the best scene in that movie that there's two scenes actually whenever palpatine kills his family and then whenever palpatine kills plagueis spoilers <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's dope i mean like it's so good oh yeah so, oh yeah um, what about uh, Dr. Gonzo is talking about Darth Talon? Do you guys oh, know yeah. that character at all? Because I don't know anything. I know she oh, yeah, Dar heck, but go on, Chris. What do you say? I know she looks really cool, I just don't know much about her at this point. Oh, yeah, Darth Talon's a, a really cool character. He's got, the, about Twi'lek, what's he's the, got the, the horn, not the horns, the um, yep, yep that's the Twi'lek. He's pretty much the red version of the chick who's a blue Jedi. Yep, yes. so yep. Yep, so pretty much Darth Talon, the really, really cool stuff. So so her her character arc is her character is a really cool one in general. And like I wish they could make her like into a makeshift villain in something Star Wars right now. So so this is the thing. You know, the the Lucas the Lucas sequel trilogy scripts 
like the the ones that were getting worked on with Michael aren't like the that's where she comes from. And the the here's the crazy part about the Lucas sequel trilogy. Like if you look on Star Wars's Twitter, they tweeted out clear back in like 2012 or 13 or whatever that they were working on a Lucas and Michael Art trilogy of films. Like it's so it's so you know that was actually a thing and like it was documented in the book series that came out a couple years ago there was an author who went and actually got to do a full sit down basically like biography with Lucas like from episodes 4 through 6 and or 1 through 6 and then you know like he got all this inside info well so basically Darth Talon and like you guys have seen the concept art that's out there of her so basically she was going to be kind of the apprentice to Darth Maul like so they were going to oh, bounce yeah. continue off the arc of course you know this was before Star Wars Rebels so Darth Maul would have still been alive basically based on Clone Wars so Darth Maul would is was going to continue in the shadows like Darth Maul does through the sequel or the, through the original trilogy and then he was going to come back up and it was going to be him and Darth Talon like being the two main big bads for the sequel trilogy like that was the original sequel trilogy that we would have been getting like maul and darth talon this like sith badass sith apprentice and it was going to be you know and then the lucas scripts like had luke and then he had like a, a um a, a woman jedi apprentice which was you know actually named kira so like that's where they took that name for kira for solo just as a name to like give a little shout out to lucas but um you know, so like it was going to be Luke and Kira versus Darth Talon and Darth Maul. Like, so that was kind of like the layout. And uh, yeah, so like her character, like, just sound like just a badass, like, you know, Sith yeah. apprentice basically I under think, Maul. Yeah, I think she was also, uh, there was that Darth Maul video game. I think she was going to be in that yep. as well. Yep. Which game is that? There is a, there's, footage you can look it up of a darth maul video game it looked just basically like jedi fallen order or jedi survivor it was like yeah it's on youtube game. milton third person <laughs> combat game lightsaber combat game and he was right. like stalking around uh coruscant which looks just like it does basically in a jedi survivor so that was yeah neat. um but yeah that's kind of like the brief history of her character like she was going to basically be your i thought she apprentice so she's not really in any official stories, is what you're saying. She's more like concept um, art that came out. I thought yeah, she was she, in a comic book or something. Um, well, I think she wasn't she in. Um, I, I thought maybe I saw her like some legend stuff when like old Republic stuff, like when she was like a Sith war. Um, she a Sith warrior too. Yeah, well, they've they, they used her sparingly in other parts of Star Wars. Yeah, I was gonna say she'd been used sparingly, but like, yeah, her main, her main like claim to fame though was she was going to be the apprentice for the the lucas sequel trilogy basically uh, her and maul okay. um but yeah her character like that's a that's a really cool sith character we have there from from concept art slash legends and whatever else you would classify that as yeah early 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 sequel trilogy scripting i guess but and I, then yeah oh go on chris i was just gonna kind of talk about maul a little bit unless you had another point yep. you to finish up um, oh um no 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 we can we can go on to mall yeah yeah i think we'll I talk about mall we gotta talk about vader we gotta talk about palpatine and we'll wrap it up because <laughs> we can't leave that discussion with sith and not talk about those top three um well he's got one of the most interesting stories about being really dead set on this revenge against a jedi 
There is a great comic book I'd recommend everybody uh, from Marvel, just simply called Darth Maul. It's a five-issue miniseries where he actually teams up with Cad Bane and Ara Singh, and they go after his like first Jedi kill because this is before Phantom Menace, and he has a thirst to just get his hands dirty. So Palpatine kind of just lets him do his thing and hunt a Jedi. It's all it's an awesome five five issue comic miniseries I'd recommend, but. Yeah, just look at his entire timeline, working for Palpatine, getting tossed aside by Palpatine, coming back in Clone Wars, and completely starting up a brand new criminal syndicate. So he's got a long history, and I like how, you know, he was once a Darth, and then he gets stripped of his title, but he makes his way through the galaxy as 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 something different. Um, it still channels his hate, still channels his... His revenge for Kenobi is so strong. So yeah, what a, what a cool storyline for him. Yeah, I, look, Maul. Nineteen. All I gotta say is, nineteen ninety nine, eleven year old Milton was losing his mind <laughs> when that double bladed lightsaber came out from some guy with his horns on his head. Like he, he's impactful culturally. Has been impactful. You know, I, I've never seen so many nerds act like they they can sword fight. Because of this character, like, yeah. like he made sort of look. We all love lightsabers as kids, but he made it. He made it special. Like, I mean, lightsaber dueling became something completely different when that character was introduced. Oh, completely yeah, Ray Park. Yep, Ray Park. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they got a martial artist who can fight and can wield a sword. And what made that character even special, I think, when it comes to just the impact, is I mean, I mean we got to give love to this actor, Sam Witwer. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, Ray Park made him awesome in the live action films. George Lucas is a guy that created him. But in my opinion, Sam Witwer and Dave Filoni and George Lucas has just made that character even more well-loved with what they did with him in animation. Yep. Like, how oh. amazing is that? Like, and we're just like, well, damn, like. Well, I think about like Darth. Yeah, think about like Darth Maul's whole comeback story of like the whole spider legs thing. Mm -hmm. Like I still love I still love hearing like Dave Filoni like talk about like when when him and George were coming up with like the whole like how are we bringing him back thing and and George Lucas was like, "Yeah, spider legs sound good." Like, you know, just casually like, "Hey, that sounds like an interesting thing." And people, and, and people hated it. And I was one of them. I was like, "What are we yeah. doing with Darth Maul? Like, we first of all, we killed him too early." Mm -hmm. you know what I'm yep. saying and also bringing him up with spider legs. But then I then I remembered there, there, there was a non-canon story of him coming back to fight Obi Wan. Yep, no, remember that one. To hunt down Luke, and he was he had spider legs or something like that. And so that I remember that idea. I'm like, okay, maybe they're pulling from the nine legend stuff. Yeah, but I was like, this is stupid. But then how they told the story, I'm like, oh, Night Sisters. Like these are like the you know what I'm saying. I didn't know about all that obviously. But his development from episode one to spoilers in the Rebels, where he loses his his life, well told to me, man. Like it's a great story, and it's like, damn, and it ended tragically. You felt for the character, you felt oh. how tortured he was. Oh, for sure, his character, his character was 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 fleshed out in a really good way. Um, and like you said, you know, seeing him in all the different mediums, like the animation, the live action, the comics. I remember that old comic too, Milton, the the uh, the one where he was hunting Luke. Yes. Um, 
because in that in that comic you actually have like uncle owen shooting at darth maul in that yeah. comic and stuff so like you know yeah. that's where that's where you had we had early implications like uncle owen could like actually fight or something um but yeah i mean darth maul's character is, is such a cool interesting character and i think part of it has to do with like okay you're bringing star wars back to theaters after 83 to 90 16 years like okay would you rather have the marketing be like them opening the door and instead of like it being Darth Maul standing there, like, don't get me wrong, we love Count Dooku, but like, would you rather have an old man standing there or a devil faced horn guy? Like, you know, Darth Maul being so like crazy looking, you know, that was such like a wild, wild part of the marketing for that movie. Right. And then well, and, and, and here's the thing though, too, Chris, is that they didn't have to make him six or seven foot. Yeah. They didn't have, they didn't have to make him bulky. Ray Park's like 5'10". I mean, not even. If not you know that, saying? yeah. If not that, and they just put some red paint on him, put some spikes on him, and made him look cool. And he was in, he was that intimidating. And then on top of it, too, um, uh, we got to give a shout out to the guy. God, I can't even think of his name. Um, What's his name? Peter Surafello, the actual voice of Maul. Oh, Peter Serafinowicz. Oh, yeah. Peter, Peter Serafinowicz. Got to give a shout out to him because that's where Sam Witwer got the inspiration for the voice to begin with was him, actually. So, like, his voice, him voicing Mauls is a uh, a really cool part of that as well. So, um, you know, that's got to be thrown out there. And then I think for me, when it comes to Maul, of course, you have all the awesome acrobatics and cool stuff. But, like, for me... My favorite sequence with Maul is actually one of them where he he loses. It's the scene where him and his brother fight the Emperor because it really shows oh, yeah. like it really shows like that episode. I sometimes just turn that episode on randomly from Clone Wars because it's so good. It shows how powerful the Emperor is. He comes out of the shuttle, kills all those people without even moving. And then Maul and his brother you know, basically, he's just toying with them. And it's cool just, like, seeing, like, you know, we think Maul's so powerful, and then, boom, like, the Emperor's like, no, 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 Like, I'm actually way more powerful than both you dudes. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so I I think that, for me, is, like, probably my favorite sequence with Maul, I would say, out of everything, just because it's so, just so cool, like, seeing his character, like, go up against the Emperor. Like, you know, like, because that's something we never really got. Like, we never got Darth Vader fighting Maul on screen. So, like, you know, it would have been so cool. Because like, Maul would lose. Yeah. Oh, Maul yeah. Would lose. oh, yeah. Well, in Rebels, well, look, remember Rebels, he's, like, afraid of Vader. He's like, I feel well, his presence. I'm out of here. See ya. Yeah, look, he leaves. Like, he literally just is like, mm, peace out. I'm gone. And he literally just blasts away. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, my, my favorite moment for Maul is probably, well, it's either, you know, I, I really do enjoy the duel in Mandalore between him and Ahsoka and the fact that Ray Park That's actually got so back good. motion control, motion capture Ray Park in that fight was so authentic to the animation. Yeah. It looked amazing. Yeah, it looked stunning. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it, that character in all mediums he's been in, everyone loves him consistently. He looks good. He's probably, honestly, he's probably the best fighter in Star Wars. I mean, I, I, unless someone can... Someone tells me otherwise, like, I mean, pure fighter. I'm not saying he would win every battle, but overall pure fighter when it comes to athleticism, dueling, the way he moves his body. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. If you, if you take. Darth Maul. Yeah. If you take away, like, the raw force power of, like, say, Anakin or something, like, he's definitely a better sword fighter, I think, than Anakin would be. 
Yeah, like, I was I would say the top. I mean, Anakin's up there because Anakin's a, a yeah. boss. Ahsoka. Yep. Low key Obi Wan. P- people sleep on Obi Wan. I'm thinking he's just consistent. Obi Wan Obi- don't really lose any fights. See, Obi Wan to me is uh, for our, our sports fans here. Like he's the Floyd Mayweather of Star Wars. Like he's a good defensive fighter. That's what he is. Like he's he's very oh, yeah. defensive. Perfect. Like like and he's pretty much undefeated on all his fights. Really, I mean, he literally just gives himself up against Vader. So that's not even. I want to count that. So like he's pretty much good. Like yeah yeah yeah. So so yeah like. Yeah, Maul definitely probably is the best, like pure swordsman, or or at least one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, real, real quick before we go on to Vader, uh, Dark and Nerdy Gonzo, good thing we have you in a chat. We love you in a chat, man, because he he calls us out on things. So, uh, quick correction to Darth Talon: she was originally in the Legacy comic books, not to be confused with the Legacy of the Force books mm. uh, from Dark Horse. Yeah, because yeah, like she she was. Wasn't she part of like the Sith war, or the Sith Wars or something yeah, or like he said a warrior? I wish she was way Kray. back in the day. Yeah, there's a character oh. named Darth Kraid who was basically Darth Bane 2.0, and he was like had a cult army, and she was like one of his. He was, she was his apprentice. Yeah. And, yep. and and George just liked the idea of the character from the comic, and he said, "Oh, why don't we just make her the villains of the sequel trilogy?" And then it never yep. happened. I thought I thought too she was in the uh the old republic game the when they came out a couple years ago with the twins no remember no. the two the, the twins of like, the sith empire but i thought she was in that game too maybe i'm missing See, something there's, there's a, just like, a character maybe that looked like her color yeah but yeah but uh all right so vader what do we think would happen with vader if he didn't get destroyed by obi-wan like what happens if okay. Anakin is i in his human form so if you want to so are, are you saying like Vader when he's Anakin Vader yeah, or yeah, robot yeah. Vader? Yeah, like let's see what would happen because you know take the away the suit. Was, the Emperor is like, okay, well, I got I got the plan. answer right here. Yeah, I was saying, we have the answer. Really? I got the answer right here. It's it's in the game. Oh. It's, it's in yep. Revenge of the Sith. So like there's an alternate alternate ending oh. where like you play as Anakin and you beat Obi-Wan on Mustafar. Hmm. And you know, in the movie High ground, blah 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 blah, and then he goes up, slice, slice, slice. Okay. In yep. the alternate cut of this, and you play it out. High ground, flip. Obi Wan goes to slice. He misses him. Anakin stabs him in the back. Ooh. And he and then he kicks him over the edge, over the. Yeah, legs. he literally kicks him over the edge. Oh. Kicks him over the edge, and like yeah, and then like he rolls on the ground dead. And then he's walking up. Towards the shuttle, Palpatine's there. The clones are there, and he's like, he's "Like my apprentice, you've done it." Blah blah blah. You you're gonna be the face of the empire. Blah blah blah. Here's your new lightsaber. Gives him his fucking lightsaber, and then he turns it on. Sorry for the f bomb, Chris. Turns it on and stabs Palpatine. Yeah, he quick draws him. Says, yep. And then he says, "This is my empire," and I'm thinking. That's a great scene if that was actually going to happen. Yeah. There's the answer right there. Well, oh, well, here's oh. the thing. Here, here's the funny thing too. Like that we were we were talking about this, like the the theoreticals of it. Um, along with okay, so we have the Revenge of the Sith game as as some evidence, but also <laughs> we have evidence from the creator himself. George said years ago, I I don't remember where it was from. It was some interview. But he talked about um, Anakin. So, like, if Anakin didn't get chopped up and turned into the robot Vader, he 
would have been, I think George said twice as powerful as the emperor, like full powered oh, emperor. Yeah. He would have been twice as powerful, but basically like George's analogy was Anakin was double the power of Darth Sidious but basically his injuries and everything, it brought him from like basically like 200% clear down to like 65% of the oh Emperor's power. Like he's, he's you know, significantly less than the Emperor. Like he's 65, 70%, which is still powerful than most people. But like his potential was literally like double the Emperor's force potential, he, basically. He lost, he lost some natural ability because he was not as organic. Yep. Uh, and I, I remember reading about that. And I also remember reading, and maybe you know this, Ben, that Anakin was going to be the face of the Empire, of the yep. new Empire. I mean, one, he's a good-looking guy. Facts. But, like, you know, the, the the people don't understand, like, the Sith were extinct for a thousand years at that point mm-hmm. in the Star Wars War. Mm-hmm. The common folks in the galaxy didn't know what the Sith was. The Jedi knew, but mm-hmm. the common folks didn't know. So they, they wouldn't have known that one, Anakin's a Sith, because no one would have said anything. They just said he's a hero of the Republic, he saved the Empire. And he and he he's a hero who was a war hero that saved the Republic. So it was smart for, for Obi or for uh, Palpatine to use Anakin as the face of the new empire. It's a trusted yep. face, loyal face, you know, like he he's a low-key Sith. No one wouldn't have known. So that that's what would have happened to him too. Like he'd have been yep. Not a puppet master. He he'd have been like yeah on that same level as Palpatine in a lot of ways. Yeah, yep. because you have in the current empire the emperor. There is no face of the empire. The emperor, like half the time, is in the books at least is giving it's more Masamita, like, isn't it? Basically, yeah, more or... Masamita. But like when when emperor makes an appearance, they like modify him in a hollow where he looks like de-aged. Yes. They don't ever show Palpatine like with his wrinkly face or anything. And even in mm. the Bad Batch, remember he he barely, very rarely makes an appearance unless he absolutely has to. And when he does, that's when you know crap is about to go down. Yeah, absolutely right. And actually, didn't they do that in Rebels where they did with Ezra? Yeah, with yeah, Ezra. Yep. No, so like, yeah. If if you're, I, I think that's a great question for sure. Like, if someone actually want to write like an actual like book on this, but like, if you, what would Anakin be like? If he didn't fall, or if he didn't get destroyed or physically destroyed, I think, I think we have the twins for sure. He'd get the twins. He would raise Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. You know, because let's let's just say Padme still dies. Let's just say that happens. He gets the twins. Let's say Ahsoka decides to come back and be in his life still. What well, he he may make Ahsoka his apprentice for all we know. He had a lot of sway over her. Yeah. So he could have convinced her to say, hey, join me. We can take out Palpatine. So you have Ahsoka, who's powerful. You have, obviously, Anakin. Then you're raising two powerful young kids who are strong in the Force. Imagine that army of Force users. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man. And, and then Palpatine tries to challenge those four. as, And, and you know, Anakin would have kept it wraps. He would have kept it low-key. Like, oh, yeah. It's crazy. Well, he was only 22. That's how young he was only 22. Imagine 20 years later when he's 42 and in the peak of his power training his kids. Oh, my gosh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, Anakin's, like, potential was so sky high. Like I said, even setting, like, the the Lucas comments aside, like, his potential, you know, just thinking about it was so sky high. Like, without the Vader suit. And then, like, 
Heck, guys, like, even with the Vader suit, like, think of how much a, of a terror, like, Darth Vader is. Like, like just at minimum, at minimum, you know, if you see him arrive at your doorstep, it's like the book, the Grim Reapers here, you're done. Like, you're done. Like, oh, there's no, there's no leaving the building. Like, the Grim Reapers here, like, everyone here is pretty much dead. So, like, yeah, his, yeah. his, his character, like, I think, like, with Vader's whole, um, thing before he turns good at the end of Jedi, like his whole like it's just great seeing how like even you know you know even without all that potential of him being more powerful than the emperor like him being as powerful as he is like terrorizing the galaxy like going around being like the badass that he is like is still so incredible because it's just it's crazy like put it into perspective like to see like you know like look what happens in Rogue One like Vader just like whipping on those dudes and like even you know, Vader, like, facing different Jedi and things, like, I mean, look, you have you have Darth Maul running off in Rebels, you have Vader fighting, and, you know, he killed Ahsoka before she got saved, basically, so, like, he killed his apprentice, like, he, he did all of these things, and then, um, you know, for me, also, like, one of my favorite Vader things, like, we have plenty of, of course, all the live-action Vader stuff is, is S-tier, like, amazing, but in terms of, like, extended, like, like in canon, legends, like everything. Like one of my favorite things from from even from current canon, I'll say, is from the Battlefront book. Like oh, I'm yeah. sure you remember this, Chris. Yeah. The 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 Hoth scene, because like the Hoth scene is kind of like the pseudo Rogue One scene, yeah. where like you have you have these Rebel troopers, like they're holding off down the hallway in like in a, in in a in a in a in a cave or whatever, in in a hallway of Echo Base, and like basically vader you know they're shooting at, they're shooting down the hall and then like the rebels get confused because they're like wait why did the stormtroopers like all the stormtroopers peel back like they all they all left to the entrance entrance and then like the one rebel he uh he all of a sudden sees like a the lightsaber ignite and then like you know vader just goes to town on the rebels in the hallway and that that was like one of our early hallway scenes even before rogue one and like i remember reading that book and i was like man yeah. this is like this is the Vader I was imagining, you know, as a kid yeah. or something like seeing him terrorize the galaxy. So I think like that was one of the coolest moments in canon for me. I would say it was definitely from the Battlefront book. Yeah, one of the best moments for Vader is in the Marvel comic book, uh, the 2015 run by Jason Aaron, uh, specifically the Vader Down comic book series. Uh, you've probably seen the images of Vader yep. surrounded by a legion of rebel troopers and they're like, we have you surrounded. And he's like, oh, I'm surrounded by his fear and dead men. And he triggers with the force all their thermal detonators that are attached to their belts. And they just all explode and just cuts them all down. It was just like, oh, my gosh, that's the power of the Sith right there in action. And uh, cutting it, cutting it to the end here, the Emperor himself, the thumbnail of this of this here video uh, let's bring it all together now with the Emperor is the final Sith that we know of so far. Um, just we, we talked about him a lot with Plagueis and all of that, but um, uh, just favorite moments with Palpatine. Man, where do we start? Yeah. Um, <laughs> ugh. I mean, there's so many good ones. I, I'm trying to think. I mean, unlimited power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when he... Offs Mace Windu, like, oh, like that scene yep. is fire. Honestly, I think I would say my favorite scene, moment with him. No, be it's a simple scene, 
It's whenever uh, Anakin's knighted as oh, yeah. Darth Vader in the office. Right. And he, he's going through his transition of voice and everything. And he's talking about the grand plan. Yep. And he's got the hood down still. And he's saying, you know, the, if the Jedi discover a plan, they'll kill us both, blah, blah, blah. And then he's talking about once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. And we shall have peace. And he puts that hood over, and it's uh, Return of the Jedi, Palpatine. Yep. And I'm thinking, damn, they transitioned that perfectly. Because he looks so good. I mean, he just, he's a little younger, obviously, but it's like, yeah. yes, that's the guy we know. That's that's it's, the Sidious that we that we were used to. It's amazing. That's that, yeah. I get so goosebumpy when I watch it. Yeah, it's even talking about it. I got the goosebumps. That Ian McDermott played Palpatine when he was like thirty something years old, yes. and then he played him again when he was like fifty something year old. Yeah, yeah. He played him when he was like seventy something year old for the final Perfect, order. Though. But it's it's but neat it, how it, how isn't it crazy how him age like revert like the reverse age of yeah. him getting older. He plays it better. I mean, he was great in Return of the Jedi. Facts. Oh you know? yeah. But like him being a perfect age when the prequels came yeah. out was perfect because you got to see that Palpatine, what his age would have been. You know, like there's no way Palpatine, like McDermott, could play Palpatine at his young age when he was like supposed to be a senator. I think we needed to wait him for Palpatine to really grow up or whatever it is. But it was such a good role, like. Palpatine's that dude. Yeah. And oh, yeah. About just the imagery of him, right? Like, who would ever expect, like, this old, shrivel up little guy walking in Return of the Jedi off the Lambda class shuttle? This, this guy walking through with a cane and, like, Darth Vader, this big, hulking mass of a cyborg, epic, dark side looking guy, is like being like a little doormat for this, like, little guy walking with yeah. a cane. And you're like, they flip. That should tell you something right there. Like, that, yeah. that's what. This that's the brilliance of that character because he didn't need to look hulking. He didn't need no. to look uh, physically dominant. You knew he could wreck you with his pinky. That's how yeah. strong. Like Vader knew he would get wrecked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it's. Oh yeah, like like Palpatine. His character is just such a great character. I mean, for all of us, especially like in our late twenties, early thirties, you know, we all have to remember. Or we all, you know, go back to, you know, like I mentioned earlier with the Darth Maul in the marketing of the Phantom Menace movies. Um, you know, the same thing. We kept getting that one shot of the Emperor saying, wipe them out, all of them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so that was like kind of like the reintroduction back to his character. Um, and then, you know, you guys mentioned in like the Return of the Jedi sequence. Like for me, I think for me, like other than some like the action moments with Vader, of course, like I mentioned, like for me, my favorite Vader, I mean, I guess he's more Anakin in that room, whatever, but favorite Vader and Palpatine moments in general, it, it has to be that final throne room fight between Vader and yeah. Luke and Palpatine, mm -hmm. just because it's so cool seeing the transition, like seeing Palpatine tempt Luke to the dark side, tempt him, tempt him, tempt him. And Luke was just about to do it because if Vader wanted to, drew, you know, and that's another cool part that shows how quick Vader is, even being in his cyborg suit. Look, soon as Luke, Luke was literally going to cut Palpatine right in half in that scene, but Vader drew his lightsaber that quick to block it. So, like, you know, you're yeah. seeing 
how great Vader's character is, but how great Palpatine's character is. Because look, he does all this stuff. He's giving this dialogue in the background when Vader and Luke are fighting. And then even when Luke defeats Vader, you know, you have Palpatine, you know, especially like if you think about it, guys, like back when he first watched Return of the Jedi or like even the people who watched it back then, they probably were thinking like, what's this old man going to do? He's like standing here just like giving his monologue to Luke and then he just blasts the hell out of him with his lightning and stuff. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) like. So it's just uh, yeah. like Palpatine's whole throne room sequence is probably my favorite of his and Vader's combined, I would say, other than, of course, like the I'm your father. But I think that's my favorite for both of those characters, yeah. just because like there's so many things at stake, like the galaxy is literally at stake during that whole sequence. Oh, well, this, this is what makes him the most badass villain, in my opinion, in movies in history, just mm-hmm. because of this, the, the, the logic of that character. He's the most patient villain of all time. Yep. His plan legit took 50 plus years. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, let's just, let's just think about that. As a human, that's his whole life, like, basically. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying, so like, it took 50 plus years to get his plan to be, you know, go through one. Two, George Lucas said, how can we make Darth Vader subservient? Let's, let's create let's create a character who's an old man with, um, with monkey eyes at the time, because we didn't have... <laughs> McDermott in the second movie in the original. I, I just saw that yesterday in Empire. <laughs> yeah. Which, which again, that scene is still great with that version of it, too. I love that, that original speech. I do like better than yeah. that Ian McDermott one. Perhaps. I can say that. Without question. But I, I love both speeches. But yeah, it's like, oh, let's let's make let's make Vader subservient to a, a, a character who's punches, who looks old, who don't look athletic. But, you know, Vader respects him. It's like, damn, like this guy must be that dude. Then if Vader ain't going to step to him, you know, and it's like, okay. And then this is the same guy that wrecked Yoda in a lightsaber duel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I never would have thought I'd have seen that. And he made Yoda look silly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to see, like, well, because look, even to an extent, to an extent, the Jedi Council, like Mace and the crew that went to go get Palpatine. I'm sure that they didn't they didn't expect for Palpatine. I mean, that's that's one of the best things about the Revenge of the Sith book is like so as the Jedi are fighting um Palpatine, Mace and the crew, um I think it was Sacy Tenor, it might have been Kit Fisto, one of the oh. two Jedi, you have an inner monologue in their head really? where they're they yeah, because they they're like they're um I think it was Sacy Ten, but he was shocked. He was shocked at how fast um palpatine moved because he was like you know he walked in and from his point of view he was kind of just like being the you know dogmatic jedi he was like oh arresting this old man is going to be pretty much simple and then when palpatine goes and jumps like from stacy tin's point of view he's like talking about how he's literally he's moving so fast and see this is a thing that that's like kind of limited in terms of filmmaking but in like real life Star Wars, like if, you know, if this was not a movie, like from the Jedi's point of view, like in the Revenge of the Sith book, Palpatine, like when Stacey Ten and all of them are fighting, like from his point of view, he said he was just seeing literally a blur, like, like that's how fast Palpatine was moving and killing those guys. So like, it's cool just seeing like, and you know, even Yoda to an extent, I'm sure Yoda overestimated him because he probably thought, hey, let's just say it in the book. Yeah, he says it in what he said. We yep. did not prepare. He's like, we weren't prepared for this Sith. 
like this yeah. version of the Sith. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, we were defeated 20 years ago or whatever yeah. it was. Like, we were defeated years ago because we weren't prepared. Like, we did not prepare for this version of the Sith. We prepared for what the Sith used to be. Yeah. They, they oh, yeah. say it in the book, and I'm thinking that's that's the dogmatic thinking of the Jedi. They were arrogant, and Palpatine called them on it every time throughout the sequel. If you watch, listen to Pal- Sidious talk about how the arrogance of the Jedi. Like yeah. every time you talk to a Jedi, they're so arrogant in their own dogmatic viewpoint. It's like, all right, well, you didn't you didn't adjust. You had no idea this was coming. So Palpatine. Played them like a fiddle. You even look at Tales of the Jedi, what he was doing with Dooku. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Dooku, like even in Revenge of the Sith, when Dooku's about to die, uh, from he had no idea he got played until that last minute. He's like, shit. He's like, oh, he was playing me the whole time too. Like, yeah. I mean, he yeah. was Palpatine's that guy. Oh, oh yeah, Palpatine. Palpatine's definitely like the like the quintessential villain. Like, of course. Darth Vader is the most iconic villain in film history, but I think like yeah. Palpatine can be said as like he's like the best overall like you know thinking, planning, like everything, and it's just great. It's just great like seeing how he um, you know went from episodes one to I mean I guess now nine, but one to six especially where it's like it's just seeing how he like you know just slowly works his way up through things. I mean heck, look when he when he like went and. Uh, I mean, he laid it out on the line to Anakin. Like, he admitted he was the Sith Lord to Anakin because he knew it was going to work yeah. in his favor because he knew Anakin would get the Jedi to come and arrest him and then it would be his perfect time to, mm-hmm. you know, to turn him. Because, you know, Palpatine knew he was he was going to be able to wipe the floor with whatever Jedi came to arrest him. So, like, it, it's just great seeing that character's progression and how calculated he was. Yeah, it was, it was very much... Um... He was doing this for a long, long, long time. And to see it pay off, but then have a backup plan of a backup plan of a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And always being confident that what he's going to do is going to end up working in the end. Uh, the intellectual that plans ahead is, is what really comes to the forefront here. Um, yep. But yeah, no, this is this was a great conversation, a great discussion. We went into the old republic we went into the current timeline the latter half of the legends timeline so i really feel like we covered a lot of ground tonight on talking about sith on may the 5th (laughs) so there's there's a lot of fun to be had today i want to thank you guys for joining me in the discussion thanks for the chat room as always milton it's good to have you back uh it's good to have some good old star wars ramblings between the three of us yeah, no, nah, it's good to be back. Hopefully, I can be a little more consistent. I apologize to the fan base out there. Your boy, life, man. I, I'm sorry. I, I'll try to be more consistent when I can. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back, and I appreciate it. Um, can't wait to finish Visions in the next you know, week or so. But if you guys are looking for me, I am on Twitter uh, at MiltonWeber7 uh, and on Instagram at Milton7Weber. Oh, yeah. And, Ben, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. It's always it's always a lot of fun coming on here to rant and ramble about Star Wars for a few hours. It's always a great way to end the week. Um, and you know, if you want to find if people, you know, would like to connect with me to talk Star Wars or sports or fitness, you can find me on Twitter at Real Ben Maynard, and then on Instagram, I'm just like documenting 
you know, getting in great shape, getting shredded again. And I'm, I'm down like 11 pounds in the last three or four weeks. So that's, Whoa. that's been super nice. And yeah, so um, I'm just getting like real consistent, real locked in on everything. So you can follow along like my workouts and like kind of my updates on Instagram there at real Ben Maynard as well. All right. As far as for me on this channel, oh man, there's so much Star Wars content. Um, I'm going to be covering over the next couple weeks. It's going to take me to get through some of these books, some of these comics, some of these video games, uh, legends or not legends, um, visions, all that stuff uh, coming down the pipe. I have Star Wars timelines that I've literally not even really opened yet. So there's a lot coming down the pipeline for me. Just stay tuned. Uh, YouTube.com slash Star Raptor. And for those of you that want to listen to us on a podcast, it's search Spotify, Google Music, Apple Music, any of your podcast catchers. Just look us up at Outer Rim Transmission. Well, I think that's a good time to call it. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Catch us every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern on YouTube.com slash Star Raptor. So for a million for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, this was Outer Rim Transmission 105. Thanks for watching. May the Force be with you always.